Ziploc that Right on my waistline is why I kept that strap I remember nights, I didn't remember nights I damn near went crazy, I had to get it right Now I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper Hey, now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper The absolute truth, yeah, no joke Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Trap Draw Podcast. My name is Randy. TC is in the house today, Mr. Tron Carter. How are you, sir? I am. I'm in the house. I'm, I'm actually back in the garage, uh, but technically, you know, in the proverbial house here with the Trap Draw. So, hello, big. Yeah, the franchise didn't wreck your office too much, hopefully. That's my project after this wraps is getting it back to equilibrium. Okay. All right. Well, best of luck with that. We are talking football today. Kind of a sad day. Uh, Mr. Poosh, Micah Pushell of the band Iration. His Niners took a took an L last weekend, but he's joining us today to eulogize the season. Poosh, how are you, buddy? I prefer to, to consider it a no contest. Um, <laughs> I would agree. Um, and, and all the... Uh, all the Philadelphia Philadelphia fans and trap stoolies can come at me, but to me, it was a no contest. Which big? I mean, you know what? I'm doubly sad because two of my teams lost. Exactly, TC. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Uh, well, I'm sorry to you two. And then that that other voice you hear, Mr. Kevin Van Valkenburg, a Big J journalist, officially, officially a member of Team No Laying Up. We're excited to have you, KVV, and we're excited to have you on the Trap Draw. Welcome, sir. I'm excited, too. I, I don't have to hang out in the guest room anymore. I can, you know, be right in the, the main, you know, sort of uh, get, get to wear the official Trap Draw gear. It's going to be so exciting from now on. As we were discussing uh, before we hit record, we, you know, Mr. Poosh is, is a, a big J in his own regard, and KVV, you're a big J too. So just a couple of big J's here chopping it up with TC and I. And you guys are white J's. <laughs> thank, thank you, Poosh. Yeah, Honored just, to be you're one. welcome. Nothing but trap jaw J's everywhere. I love it. <laughs> well, like I said, this is going to be heavy on the NFL. Uh, we, have, we have some seasons to put to rest, the Bengals and Niners specifically. We can unpack those games. We're going to look ahead to the Super Bowl. We're going to hand out awards. We're going to talk about uh, coaching changes, where quarterbacks are going to be. We're going to—I think—we're going to rank our quarterbacks. I think—I think it's time to to get a consensus on our top ten quarterbacks and and a whole lot more. Before we get into all of that, though, um, Poosh, I think we start here. Have, did you have a chance to really break down the Dream Bowl tape? The uh, the Ivy League All Stars versus the Japanese All Stars recently. I'm still I'm still waiting for the for the coaches uh, the coaches tape to get uh, faxed to me uh, <laughs> or sent to me by uh, snail mail. Fax would be they, provocative. Fax would be sick. <laughs> it's just stills. Um, you know how they used to do it. They they, they run it down on a on a clothesline from the sideline. Um, I, I prefer to look at stills first before I see the tape. So I'm just kind of waiting on those to come in. But uh, no, I, I, I kind of just I just right before this came on, I kind of watched a couple of the highlights. It looked like the Columbia All Stars were uh, the, 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 the Columbia Globetrotters were just um, playing really soft zone coverage. And they, they ran a flea flicker on like the first drive of the game, like a triple reverse flea flicker. 
and just did some really sneaky stuff to my J's. So, so they were running surprise plays. Wait, is there sneak actual attacks. tape for this? Like, there is. There's a highlight reel on YouTube. I'm just looking at it. And wow. and the Jays had a lefty quarterback. Mm. Um, seemed like they ran a pretty good running a pretty good screen game. That's all I really got to is about 35 seconds of it. But um, based on that, looked like a pretty good game. Did uh, did Neil play in any of these uh, like political outreach games, Tron, that you know of? Is he a, a ambassador for the, the Columbia name? Not that I know of. Uh, this was, you know, I think they were just trying to win a game his his senior year, uh, which which they did. They won they won their final game. Uh, I also just wanted to yeah. shout out uh, Columbia. Did you guys see the, the the video of the law professor telling one of the students to fuck off? No, no. it was great. It was fantastic. Just, just put uh, the student in his or her place. Yeah, I think she was asking him to slow down, and he said, "Like this is this is part of the assumed risk of the class <laughs> that you've <laughs> taken on as a student." <laughs> and then she's walking away, and he goes, "Fuck off!" Wow, <laughs> great. I feel like you sh- you're out, you're. It's up to you to use your voice memo app. You can if you want to go back and review the class. You're just more than welcome to. I don't want it's the true. law being practiced by you know people who weren't paying attention. It's yeah. like our guy at NYU who got who got let go, Randy. Yeah, the right. Oak the organic chemistry guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's let's get into it. TC, uh, no voicemails this week. We'll we'll save the best ones for our next chop session. Um, so so let's just dive into this, guys. Hold on, you had, you had a mea culpa. Oh right. The uh, so was the Marlboro <laughs> Jesus the the prospect that the Mariners supposedly signed was that fake i some people said that might have been fake i i don't know so i'm going to i'm going to issue a conditional apology if in fact that was fake news but i i really didn't have the effort or inclination to research it further i'm seeing that i'm seeing that it was in fact fake at least according to both youtube and reddit okay well then, that that does make my apology legal and binding. Then I, I do apologize. Thank you, TC. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right, I, I'm gonna lay out Poosh Tron. Let's 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 go NFC Championship game first. Let's unpack it. Where do you guys want to start? Well, I mean, again, I, to me, it was a no contest. Uh, it wasn't the game. Never actually happened. We just kind of had to like forfeit the game after six plays on offense. I mean, it, it, it's, it was one of the, wor- one of the worst games I think I've ever seen. And like in the history truly, of sports, I mean, just awful. not, not even just football, like just a terrible watch from like start to finish with like literally everything that could have gone wrong. Fred Warner, like gets a stinger on the first, first defensive play of the game. Nick Bosa gets a cleat through his leg on the standing on the sideline. So it's like, it was just kind of like everything that could possibly have gone wrong for the Niners did in the, the, the very challenge the, or the, the challenge the, uh, missed challenge. People were coming at me left and right about that. Push. And listen, listen, okay. There's, this is, this is what I've gleaned from this since that happened, which is they don't get, a, a different feed than everybody else. They get the TV feed up in the top, up in upstairs. And so they're watching the Fox broadcast looking for a, a replay. They didn't play a replay. The replay that they played in the stadium didn't have a, an angle where you could see it. Now, given everyone's like, well, Devonte Smith got up and ran and did this. Like Shani's not looking at Devonte Smith. He's looking at the board to see what the replay looks like. Should and they have, should they have a DVR or something set up? In- they should. Well, there's supposed to be this this NFL 
team that's specifically there in the playoffs for for these types of things to happen and to if there's a questionable play that happens they're supposed to like signal and it's not like they're supposed to signal that or put the feet out they have a, this a specific feed i can't remember what it's called it's like got some name for it some super nfl name but it's like they have a they have every angle basically available to them they did nothing so the eagles good on them and and on a very like you know aware play they got up and snapped the ball and once the ball the next play was on it was it was gone there's nothing they could do but it's like i mean it was pretty inexplicable that fox didn't replay that's kind of part of the honestly part of the deal when you're broadcasting the game is to like because teams are relying on that is to play the replay so that they can get a good set it you can say shanny could could should have just called a, a timeout but it's like the way that he said when in the presser he looked looked up at the screen and the angle that he saw it looked like he caught it which is the angle from behind right you couldn't see it unless you saw it from the side angle where you really see it come out of his arm and hit the ground so he just was under the assumption that the call was correct and you know so it started that's how it started it was like okay great this is yeah how and it's then people go. you know people were getting getting all over us about you know, not putting McCaffrey in and just running the wildcat and all that. And I mean, I, I, like, first of all, let's just acknowledge the Niners were in this game with their third string quarterback. They won what? 12 games in a row with their third string quarterback. Bush, a seventh round, Mr. Irrelevant rookie. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, people, people just anybody like anybody to criticize Shani at all is, is so, so inappropriate. And allow me, allow me to step into that uh, arena then for a second. Because I got a philosophical question for you guys, for you Shanny appreciators. Does Shanny need to do a better job of protecting quarterbacks? Because for a long time, when quarterbacks got hurt in the NFL, it was all coaches got pretty heavily criticized about, look, you just can't let your quarterback get hit that much, can't get them get beat up that much. And my theory for a long time is that Mike Martz kind of changed that, where he let Warner get beat on so badly that people were like, well, you know, that's just part of the deal. Like the league needs to do a better job of protecting quarterbacks. The league needs to change the rules, to keep the quarterbacks. But I still kind of feel like, especially you run a lot of this play action stuff where you're not particularly great at drawing up five and seven step drops. If you go quarterback takes enough of a pounding, is it somewhat on the coach? I mean, I'm just asking this philosophically because I know that Jimmy's injury, Lance's injury, you know, both kind of freak things, running things, but in the NFL, you're kind of screwed if you can't protect your quarterback. Should you really have a tight end blocking that guy and that you know and blocking Reddick in that situation? I think probably you have to because of the way your offense is. But I don't think that makes Shanny like absolves him of the criticism because he keeps getting quarterbacks hurt. I don't think it absolves him of criticism, but I also don't think like he's doing it any differently than anybody else is. He could he be doing it better? Absolutely, but you know, like it's like let's say Jalen Hurts gets hurt second play of the of the Super Bowl like he's a mobile quarterback he's a you know like is that is that Sirianni's fault I don't think so that's just the nature of the game yeah to me to me I mean it, it it's not like they weren't running those exact same play action plays for for the for the 12 games that we were winning and beating beating teams you know what I mean and it's like obviously hindsight it's 2020 when he gets injured on a, a play where Croft is blocking. He holds the ball like a beat long on that just at, because he's a rookie and doesn't tr- doesn't quite 
trust the timing of it where if you watch it and re- on the replay it's like he hits he hits the fifth step and it's like if that's Brady or somebody that's like been doing it for 10 years they hit that back step and it's gone whereas mm-hmm. he hits it he does like a, a like a hitch like a bounce and then goes and gets hit right at that moment and it's like if he gets that ball out a split second faster and doesn't get his arm hit like nobody mentions that play ever again you know what i mean if he hits he hits ayuk for like a 30 35 yard play they're going oh my god genius like what a brilliant play call it, it's just it's the edge that you the edge that shanny runs on is with these play actions and it's like mcdaniel you can say the same thing like i mean two is getting getting hit and mm-hmm. it's part of the part of the deal you, you watch the mitchell schwartz and uh joe thomas break it down it's like part of part of what makes these play action offenses so effective is that everything looks the same the run looks the same the pass looks the same the action is all sa- the same so you if you you know that that's the way that it, it works on a run play is that 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 backside tight end is going to block that defensive end you know and so they have to make it look that way that's just it's We're an talking about high thing. level shit here you know for sure I, I do think I, I get what you're saying though this. too. You, you, I do think we. I tweeted a little about this, John. You saw it. Like Kyle's whole career is like a good thing to point to about how much of a razor's edge like the NFL is. Like he's totally. really, really good at his job. And in, if he luck had broken a little bit differently his way, he could have three Super Bowls now. But you know he doesn't. He doesn't have any. And you know there are other coaches with Super Bowls, even coaches his age who I don't think are as good of coaches, but you know, he, you came up with some bad luck and all of a sudden you're kind of dinged as a guy who, what, what's he, what can't he do to get over the top? It's gotta be infuriating. It's gotta drive perfect him crazy. Example, perfect example is Andy Reed. First, yep. however many years of Andy Reed's career, right? Like, was he a great football coach? Absolutely. Was he, was there a massive glaring thing on his resume? Yes. So and yeah, I like I I think there's some legitimate things there with with regard to game management or, you know, like he's not going to be the best at everything, right? But I, I like I think scheme wise and just drawing up plays and play calling, I'll, I'll take him against literally anybody else in the league. Push, we were we were fielding some criticism from people about the fact that he didn't put in, you know, he, he put Purdy back in even though Purdy couldn't throw the ball, you know, at all. Um, you know, but at that point, you're basically not running your offense, right? Which, no, and like, it's like that, kind of that trick play that they ran was sick too. I yeah, wish, like I wanted to see more of that. But the, then, like, the, but then, if, like, if somebody gets hurt, then, yeah, then you, you get lose, criticized for yeah. that. You know, right? What if you and, lose? You know, look one of the other guys for next year when you're goofing around trying to win a game that you have no chance of winning. So. Yeah, and 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 his whole thing was like, listen, we we have an emergency package, but it's like it's for like the very end of a game to try to just run the game out. It's not, he's like, at least when we had Purdy in there, even if he can't throw, we can still run our normal run game yeah. and, and whatever comes off of the run game, whether that be reverses, whatever he didn't, but he's like, we didn't even, we do that. We did have a wildcat package. We just didn't even get there because they were going four and out. And then, you know, because they're going four and out and they are forced to go for and out because the game was starting to get out of control. Then it was like, they're giving the Eagles back the ball at their own 35 yard line or whatever it was. I was not impressed with the Eagles offense. 
I was impressed with the Eagles front. Well, front hold on, seven, hold like on. their I, defense. Yeah, yeah. I, and I want to talk about the Eagles, but but let's tie a bow on the Niners. Uh, we know that Brock Purdy has been diagnosed with a a full ligament tear in his elbow. It's essentially, you know, you hear about baseball pitchers needing Tommy John. That's what that's what Brock is going to undergo. It seems like a six month recovery process. So I guess Poosh, Tron, KVV. Uh, you know, I, I think the the biggest questions for the Niners are, you know, what do they do at quarterback next year? They have Trey Lance that's going to be coming back. They have Brock Purdy, who obviously had success this year. Do they go out and try to get a veteran? I think that's one question. They're most assuredly going to lose D'Amico Ryans, their defensive coordinator. They're going to have to fill another coordinator role. Uh, how do you guys see that playing out, and, and what else as, as we think about, like, where do the Niners go between here and next year? What what are some of the key um, items, I guess? Push, well, you've got a direct line to Parag, so I'll yeah, I need to. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be on the line with Parag just after this. I have a call, um, but I I mean I have to think like really what we've everyone's always said is like all Kyle needs is basically middle of the pack quarterback play from the quarterback and somebody that and just to stay healthy and then if you can do that like we saw matt ryan you know what i mean like mvp he made matt ryan an mvp matt ryan's a he made, good he made quarterback. jimmy garoppolo somebody that like randy was slurping which i think brock <laughs> purdy i think randy you owe everybody an apology like like jimmy's jimmy's not very good it's an interesting discussion i think it, let's let's save it for our qb rankings Okay. He, okay, yeah, yeah, that's and you'll see my quarterback rankings because that's going to be applicable. But it, I think all he really needs, and like that's why it's like for me, it's if we keep if we keep going this route where it's like Shanny's propping guys up like Jimmy Brock. Listen, Brock is a fine quarterback, he he executed the offense well and he has some good traits. And he was like, he's got good, you know, the, the but the thing that is going to come back to is he's he is small and he is going to get hit. We know that. Ebbish. He's might maybe maybe even nebbish. And so then it just becomes another season of like Shani having to prop up guys unless Trey Lance can really. But even though even Trey Lance, it's like he hasn't played. And that's like he, he needs like a whole year of like just playing. You know what I mean? He just needs to see the game and like that's what he lacks. And so it's like, do we want to waste another year with this loaded roster developing a guy or just seeing if he turns out? and just kind of rolling with him and having another slow start to the season? Or do you go and get a Brady or whoever that is ready to go and just ask him to execute the offense, throw to open the, the open guy? I mean, you get a guy like if you do get Brady, you know, you're Tron what Tron say is an ultimate system quarterback. If he's he in Shani, you put him in the system. He's you put like, him in Shani's system. He he knows every defense. He's gonna diagnose the defense. He's gonna check into the correct play every single time. He's gonna the protection is gonna be correct every time. You just maybe you you he takes a good team friendly deal and you you invest you know in really shoring up the right side of the line. Um, yeah, but I mean think Mike about Lynch it. Lynch is like, gone. Uh, everybody else is pretty much. I mean, I guess you got to pay. What you got a couple mega extensions coming up. Yeah, Bosa. You got Bosa to extend. I mean, Ayuk is, I think, has to be is going to be on a fifth year. Um, so those are two that you'd, you'd have to think about ex- think about extending on the defense. Jimmy Ward's a free agent. Um, McCaffrey, you got to worry about. McCaffrey signed up, but yeah, thirteen million a year. I was going to say that's pretty. 
it's pretty light to be honest for what you know considering the, the contract and then uh like there's some you know samson ebicom and charles men who some guys in the d-line need to get either re-signed or we need to f- find some some more value somewhere so yeah i mean if if you keep trey and you keep brock then you have rookie quarterback deals that are you know keeping the keeping the cap low but it, if we go get brady it really would take some maneuvering some restructuring of some deals debo deal trent deal armstead's deal could happen any any inclination from brady of like is he gonna take less like is he gonna take a, a deal to go win i think he would take a deal to go to the niners honestly if they because he tried when he tried to come you know three years ago or two years ago it was like i'm pretty sure he he would have taken a friendly deal i mean they should they should offer him the league minimum he had all that crypto money though, Kush. Yeah, true. true. You know, now it's true. Bankman Freed kind of has half his deal. Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> Listen, he's in the he's in the center of Silicon Valley. Neil Neil maybe Neil can get involved. You know, in touch with some of his boys. SBF's on house arrest. The cost down, of living from right Tampa to, to San Francisco is is going to be yeah, a shock. The tax the tax situation. I mean, he's going to keep his residence elsewhere. I'm sure. Sure. Well, who do you think uh, putting on your prognosticator hat? Who do you, who do you think's under center week one? I would probably put it at, I'd put it right now at sixty percent Trey Lance and forty percent Brady. No, nope. I don't. No Purdy. I don't think Purdy makes it back in time. Honestly, I think there's if he has if he if he has Tommy John surgery, they're saying he could probably miss the whole year next year. So that's sad. But I'm gonna go eighty percent Brady. Ooh. 80% Brady, 20%. Ooh. Uh, I like that. Well, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, they are, I, I was looking, DraftKings has some early Super Bowl odds for la- for next year, and I think the Niners are like fourth or fifth favorite um, as of right now. So obviously a loaded roster, third favorite, excuse me. And they just keep keep cleaning up on uh, on all the compensatory picks. Dude, they just have third rounders out the ass. Cause we have we have so, ten ten picks. They're they're so diverse, Randy. <laughs> well, good for them. I'm genuinely happy. <laughs> KBV, did you want to add anything? I do have one more point. Just that um, I was talking with some some other Big J journalists uh, recently, and and I was sort of asking about like you know the remember when we were kids, essentially like every team had three quarterbacks, right? One guy would carry a clipboard. There was a rule of like the emergency QB. You could throw your third guy in if the other two guys got hurt the the NFL basically like bargained that out in like fights with the with the union they were basically wanted them to eliminate having three quarterbacks and what a like stupid short-sighted decision Just that turns out your to product be in, in the, the wrong like, right like yeah. any third quarterback gives the Niners at least a chance in that game right somebody who's been a college like stud somebody who can catch lightning in a bottle of Taylor Heineke or whatever. But here we are talking about like how they had to run the might have had to run the Wildcat or whatever. Like, what a stupid decision by the NFL to basically be like, oh, I'd rather, you know, uh, you know, basically eliminate all quarter like one more position of quarterbacks so we can throw another linebacker on the roster. Like they should, teams should be able to carry five quarterbacks. Who gives a shit? I mean, come on. I mean, it's you can't. Like right? It's just No, I don't think you can. It's just coming out of your fifty three, right? 
I don't think you can. I think you have to. It's just that you get to carry the two, or you have to have designate them as full on the roster. It used to be the emergency quarterback used to be non-active, oh, not counting against the roster, not counting against the active roster. You could have a third guy, and they eliminated that because they. I guess there was one more way to squeeze the union and not pay some guy to be a quarterback. Yeah, and and even even though there's a 53 roster, like 47 of them are are right. suited up on game day. So it's like, yeah. I mean, that's another stupid rule to me. It's like. They're, we're just making the product products. They're just making the product shittier because they're giving less guys game checks or something or whatever it is. Or I guess they all get game checks, but it's like, why would you just not make all 53 available to play? It does. Yeah. There's really no sense to that. I got one more thing on Shanny. I don't think Shanny gets enough credit as a personnel guy. I know he whiffs every once in a while, like the, the kid that they drafted from Ohio state or, you know, you know, he's not perfect, but like, the fact that this roster is constructed as it is is as much about Shanny as is about Lynch. And, you know, the Debo's, the Iukes, the, you know, all the running backs they've got, the Kittles, like that's that shit is Shanny. How about you know? the the, uh, the amount of guys that they drafted in the fifth round that are it's crazy starting starting in, in this, on this team? Hufanga is an all pro. He's a fifth round draft pick. You know, Diamador Lenore it was like a fourth round or fifth round pick. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dre Greenlaw. Like, Greenlaw, yeah. fifth round pick. Yeah. You know, Fred Warner, third round pick. Value like out the, Eagles, the ass, you know? guys. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like, it. sounds like Howie Roseman. The, the... To Sean Gibson, like off <laughs> off the free agent market, you know, off practice. Like, was, was nobody had him. Well, KVV, good segue. You wrote about uh, the, the Eagles roster construction. Can you, can you kind of synthesize what that piece was all about and, and how the Eagles have now turned into a Super Bowl team? Yeah, I, I essentially was asked uh, this season to profile uh, Howie Roseman, uh, and Howie wanted no part of that uh, whatsoever, You know, him being sort of very hesitant to, uh, I guess, you know, seem like he was crowing because nobody's been, I think, uh, under the hot seat more in Philadelphia sports than Howie Roseman. He's been sort of loved and hated and then loved again and then hated even more. And he's, uh, he's, he's died a thousand deaths as a couple of the players kind of joked with me. And, uh, so, you know, I just basically was like, you know, it'd be fun is to like, look at all the roster moves that the Eagles, uh, kind of did over the last, couple years since they fired Peterson and basically, you know, kind of started their rebirth. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to use those roster moves to basically explain how he Roseman and how each one of them kind of says a little bit, something different about what he's learned over the course of being an executive. And so it was kind of interesting and insightful. I mean, I think what's true about Howie is that he wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Joe Banner. Uh, Joe Banner was sort of the first, like, football nerd who had never really played the game. He was like a department store owner uh, with his father and he worked in like media and he like Howie Rosen wrote Joe Banner and Mike Lombardi a note like every single day for years, like a, just a little handwritten note saying, you know, I'd really love to come work for you. And eventually they just got worn down and uh, they were just like, or excuse me, it was Tannenbaum, not uh, Lombardi. And they got worn down, and finally Lombardi was like, all right, like you can be an unpaid intern. You can sit at the end of my desk, and you can look over like salary cap stuff. And from there, like Roseman slowly worked his way up through the Eagles, you know, hierarchy and got in, you know, got in good, good somehow with Jeffrey Lurie, the owner. And he's kind of been like 
the unkillable person in Philadelphia. I mean, most GMs, if you draft a quarterback like Wentz, like really high up, and you trade a bunch of draft picks for him and it doesn't work out, you almost always lose your job. Like there's not a lot of coming back from that. And yet that was kind of what led to the rebirth. It was how he's sort of saying, I'm going to take an insurance policy in Jalen Hurts and I'm going to see, you know, because Wentz keeps getting hurt and I'm going to try and see if this will help the squad. And that was sort of the main linchpin that sort of rebooted it all. And I, I'll be honest, I didn't think Jalen Hurts was going to be a particularly great NFL quarterback. Uh, when you get yanked from that Alabama game in the national championship and Tua comes in, I was like, yeah, that's exactly the move that Saban had to make, you know, because Hurts just wasn't giving him much of anything. And now would you? there's no one who would take Tua long-term over Hurts as an NFL quarterback at this point. And it just shows you like how hard it is to scout NFL quarterbacks and how much the game kind of changes from, you know, in a two, three year period. The Eagles have just done a really good job of putting together that defense. They're probably going to face a lot of the salary cap stuff that, you know, every team does when they are making a real run at it. But, you know, Reddick was a kind of a bum in Arizona and then he was decent with the Panthers. And now he's, you know, has a, a good claim as probably I would pick Bosa, but Reddick would be up there for defensive player of the year for me. And, you know, the, the secondary that he's put together, wrote a bunch about this, you know, Chauncey Garner-Webb and, you know, Bradbury and Darius Slay. Like all these guys are kind of cast offs from somewhere else. It's not like he picked them in the first round and they were just like surefire talents. And that shows a lot about Philly's scouting department that they could rebuild this quickly. Like I thought the most salient point in your whole piece was about recognizing mistakes early and not being afraid to correct like to course correct instead of doubling down on that you know being willing to throw your hand in the air and say you know what i'm i think i may have fucked this one up we're gonna we're gonna recognize it early instead of throwing you know good money after bad it's a pride thing right you most of the time gms don't want to admit i mean they only kept jalen rager for two years after basically drafting him over justin jefferson and a lot of gms would have been like well no we really got to try to make this work i mean i have Watch this with the Ravens over and over again, with them drafting just, you know, probably five or six wide receivers over the last, you know, 20 years who were first round picks and just sucked. And they just kept kind of trying to be like, well, no, no, it'll work out. Like, you know, maybe, maybe we'll, you know, get, we'll go for a whole five years and it's sort of has, you know what? Jalen Rager ain't that great. We're going to move on from this. We're going to get whatever Hassan, you know, the white side uh, guy, if I can't remember his full name for the Eagles, like, that they b- bounced him after spending a second oh, round pick Sega on him. white side, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I think that's a smart thing that sort of something, you know, we probably ought to apply to our own lives is like, yo, if you make a mistake, like don't dwell on it, just kind of move forward from it. He's a lesser J, JJ. Well, so from, from a, from a kind of a neutral party perspective, I was really looking forward to the NFC championship game. Cause I, you know, I hadn't watched a ton of Eagles. I had doubts about, you know, is the NFC generally that good? Is the NFC East that good? I, I was really excited to see Hertz and the Eagles against a 49ers team that I, I knew had a, a great defense. And um, yeah, I was just disappointed being robbed of like what should have been a very, very good game. Uh, that's not Philadelphia's fault at all. And in fact, I'm sure they really liked how the game played out and, you know, didn't have to show much and I'm sure kept things pretty vanilla offensively for most of the game after the injuries. But what conclusions can we draw about Jalen Hurts, this Philly offense? Is it, I think I want to start with Hurts. Is Jalen Hurts a 
good quarterback? Is he a good system quarterback? I, where, where do we fall out on that? I hadn't really watched him all that much. I, I was not I was not all that impressed watching him. Like the, the best ball was the ball to um, the Nebish Reaper, uh, Devontae Smith down the line. And it was, you know, otherwise like he he was struggling to get the ball out to some of these screen passes and underneath routes. Like I don't, I, don't know. I think his shoulders pretty more beat up than okay. they're saying, but I think I respect I, the hell out of him. Like I think he's a like I think he's maxed out. I just don't know how talented he is. I guess like he's strong as fuck. He's he seems like a a, a very very switched on very smart dude. I just like don't know how good he is. So so he went fifteen to twenty one, one hundred and twenty one yards uh, in the in the NFC Championship game. He had eleven rushes for thirty nine yards and a touchdown. Uh, his regular season stats were were very good. He accounted for. 35 touchdowns passing and, and running. Uh, but it's also a guy we saw him get benched at halftime of a national championship game, right? We we saw him – it was generally a positive experience at Oklahoma, but he wasn't a first-round draft pick. I, I Tron, I'm like you. I, I watched that Eagles offense, and, and to me it seems the like – test. The, the yeah. Hertz isn't the one necessarily stirring the drink there. He, he seems like, you know, you could take Hertz out and replace him with – a number of quarterbacks, and I feel like they'd they'd be fine. KBV's v- very much shaking his head. So tell me why I'm wrong about that. It, it well because I watched them with Gardner Minshew the last yeah, but uh, that's two yeah, but when, like but Gardner that's Gardner Minshew. That's like okay, Gardner Minshew was like a starting quarterback in the NFL for a brief period. Like everyone thought when they traded for Gardner, it was like, hey, that's a great backup, and they sucked when Minshew was but, in there. But KBV so, threw like 50 times. Is, is it more right? of a thing like the Ravens, right? That with Lamar and the way they built their offense, they they they're backups are typically they play more like Lamar plays they're a little bit more mobile is the problem with Minshew that their backup quarterback just doesn't really fit the system that Hurts is running like I'm thinking of like Tyrod Taylor I feel like you could put Tyrod Taylor in that offense is is there much difference I I think yes I I think some of what you guys are just is not seeing a large enough sample size like I knew I was going to write about the Eagles so I, I paid more attention to them than I would Last year, like Hertz was bad in the playoff game last year against Tampa. Like they overwhelmed him, but he's been really good for a lot of this year, like making legit, like hard throws. Like there's a reason that, you know, that AJ Brown set the Eagles uh, receiving record that had stood for like 30 years. You know, he, he had more yards receiving than T.O. did in any of those years when T.O. was really great. And that's not you don't have it doesn't happen like accidentally. Jalen Hurts, I think, in a lot of ways is a more sturdy version less scary but more sturdy version of Lamar in that he presents a big threat a lot of the time to you know run around the edge or to you know run up the middle he's really good at reading the option he's really good at popping up on the RPO stuff and hitting you know stuff in the middle and it's really hard to stop when you have to spy someone all the time with him and he can basically take advantage of that by either handing off and having him chew up big chunks of yardage or getting around the edge or basically, you know, looking like he's going to do that and pulling up and then hitting Smith and Brown. I think you, I hope we get to see a better version of Jalen in the Super yeah. Bowl that we'll have the two weeks to sort of heal the shoulder and that, uh, because he's played some really good games. You know, the Eagles weren't on like the national TV a ton this year. I think, I think they played the Cowboys on a Sunday night or maybe it was, th- it was a Thursday night. But even that, like, I don't know if you guys are seeing. I mean, Jalen's 
he's a much better player than he was at Alabama and Oklahoma and as, you know, a first, you know, second year guy. He's starting to kind of really and he's a great leader. I would say that he is the person who stirs the drink in that locker room. And so I, I think, you know, is he, you know, does he possess the same kind of traits that some of the sort of top quarterbacks do? Like, I don't think so. But he's very smart. He's very sort of driven. And he's the guy who's kind of really changed the course of that franchise. And I think, I, I agree, he didn't look great in that game. But why would you really like want him to do anything other than basically like hold the lead when the other team is waving the white flag in a lot of ways? Yeah, yeah, and I would I would say what I gleaned from watching Hertz this year is that he makes correct decisions. He's not opposed to taking what's available to him, hitting the underneath. He does throw a, a good deep ball, and but it again it, it comes down to the fact that he's playing eleven on eleven with the RPO game. It's it's RPO football, like there's always the threat of the run, so they have to play. It's it's he's always putting the the defense is at a disadvantage always because of the mobile quarterback and it's like that helps a, a great deal it also helps that they have such a good offensive line because i was gonna say the offensive line's fucking insane. it's it's insane it really is like i was blown away at how like kelsey is insane like he's for a not a huge dude he's so strong like you watch him just manhandle guys on the inside it's it's one of the he's he's probably one of the he's maybe the best center I've ever seen in my life. Like he's incredible. And then Lane Johnson playing injured and just like technique wise is just so good that you can't beat him even if he you're getting he's getting driven back. He's not getting beat around around the edges. And so they're just solid up front. They're very very strong, powerful guys like and it's a, it's, a, it's a good scheme. It's, the scheme is fits the personnel, you know what I mean? And that's you know, and Steichen's a good play caller. I think he's a he's solid. I think both their play callers are good. I don't, you know, Gannon is solid. I don't know. If it's hard to tell within that game whether or not, you know, what what would have happened going going down the road. But um, I think that it's a it's a good team. I think it's a well coached team. Um, the, the they're really really good up front on both sides of the ball. The D line and the O line are both top notch. Dude, Hargrave, like he's like a revelation. I mean, he's what like twenty nine or thirty. Like he's yeah, he's been around for seven, eight years. Well, they they also go out and get Lin, you know Joseph, Linval Joseph and, and Dominican Sue, and they both were mismatches for our our interior in that in the in that game because they're just big, powerful dudes, and our you know Shani runs light on the interior, like he prefers quickness and guys that can run the outside zone, and it's like they got manhandled a little bit on the inside. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say KBV. It sounds like. Your your journey to uh, NLU. You just sent us so many emails and letters. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just constantly. Hey, can I get on the pod this week? I have some. I'm just I'll, anything. I'll sweep the floor at the kill house. Uh, you know, do Sally's laundry. Just anything to make this happen. Anything else on on the Eagles or or Philadelphia or the Niners before we go to the well, AFC? Yeah. I know, I know. KBV just bought a new house, but it's like, are you are you going to be moving your family into the kill house t- temporarily? For- God, I feel like you should have to do a year internship in the kill house. Like every, everyone should have to live there for a little bit, maybe just three months. That'd be more realistic. We could film a little sitcom of it. Uh, yeah, That'd be awesome. So. I was going to say, CJ Gardner Johnson is another one that just like really good pickup off the scrap heap. 
for Howie? Like, like, so, so I guess writing about Howie, did you end up like, did he end up surprising you? Did you end up liking him after the fact? I know you didn't really talk to him, but like, just, just, did you respect him more after the fact? Is he, is he just really unlikable in person? <laughs> like, what's the deal? I think he is, uh, very, I mean, I don't want to say insecure because it's not like I had personal interaction with him, but he's very conscious of like what people are sort of talking about him. And so, you know, when you talk to people, they're a little bit on edge of like, uh, you know, and there's a quote in there that sort of talked about, you know, one of his friends was, you know, quoted anonymously in there is like, do you trust him? And he's like, no, I don't trust him. But like in our business, isn't that a good thing? Like, would anyone say, oh yeah, I trust Bill Belichick totally. Like you don't want people to necessarily trust you all the time or you you don't want agents to be like oh great dude like love working with that guy you want him to be a little bit like ah guy got the better of me you know again I, I think what what I understood better probably after the story was this idea that we judge GMs you know so much on the drafts and what really matters is that you field a good roster like if you spend a first round draft pick on a guy doesn't work out but you draft a fifth rounder who is like really good in that spot, that's a win for you because it's hard. Everybody fails with first rounders. And so like when you're talking about Shanahan personnel stuff, you know, you, it doesn't necessarily matter if you miss on an Ohio State kid because as long as you can fill that spot with somebody who's good, you might end up working to your benefit because you pay them less for four years. You know, they're coming off a rookie deal where they have to sort of prove it year after year as opposed to someone who, who hasn't. Yeah, they missed on Trey Sermon and they hit Elijah Mitchell. You know, yeah. it's like, okay. Definitely. Same and Jordan Mason the next year, too. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, so because that was the crazy part, too, of like how he getting pushed aside by Chip, mm-hmm. right? And then just kind of taking his medicine and like using it to look inward and and learn what his weaknesses are and figure out, like, all right, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get along with guys better. I'm going to get along with guys in the locker room better. I'm going to mm-hmm. field better relationships within the building. Like, that seemed like pretty, yeah, pretty like cool. I think it's yeah, dose of think, humility. Yeah, I, ego I think is the enemy of, G, of, G, of of good GM work. I think is what it is. Totally. Like, I think a lot of the Philadelphia beat writers who have like a lot better sources than I do would tell you that yes, that's true. But also, like he's still sort of you know doing the Game of Thrones machinations of power behind the scenes, and that he, you know, there there's like Jeff McClain, who's a really good beat writer for the Inquirer. He wrote this thing where he and Lane Johnson had like a screaming match at each other once because he wanted Lane to play on like a sore ankle. And Lane was like, fuck you. And they were like yelling at each other. And it's sort of like, that's the kind of brashness in how, you know, he's like this five foot six guy from, you know, <laughs> Jersey. And he's, he's basically willed his way into the game and he's not really afraid. I mean, the opening anecdote in the story is him going up to some Eagles fan and basically being, you know, the, the sign is holding, the fan is holding up a sign that says you're forgiven Howie for drafting, you know, terrible wide receivers now that you got A.J. Brown. And he's like, I'm forgiven? I'm forgiven for bringing you your first Super Bowl? Fuck you. <laughs> like, just laugh. That's like, that's such a Philly thing, you know? And that, and yeah. no GM probably fits their city better than Howie. And that's why they both, like, love him and hate him. And so Kelsey had some great quotes in there about that. It's like, yeah, this isn't the Chargers, man. Like, you got to bring it every day. You're what a no drive-by on the life. Chargers. I love that. <laughs> that's like That's like Kelsey's great because that's like, you know, I went up there for a day and I, I had to get a bunch of reporting done. And, you know, a lot of times NFL players, if you don't get them on the right day, we're like, I'm not speaking today or whatever. But Kelsey was like, he was getting, he was putting on all his pads for practice and every, it kicked every other single media person out of the room. 
And he was just like, nah, just stay, hang around. We'll keep talking. And he like told some other guys to turn the music down so we could have like a better conversation. And, and then he just goes into this like deep philosophical thing about, you know, the nature of sports and competing on the East coast. And it was great. I mean, I, I love Kelsey. <laughs> What's Lurie's deal? I don't know. I, I never had any reaction with him. You know, it's very, doesn't grant hardly any interviews. Obviously he doesn't trust a lot of people, but Howie is one of those people. Uh, you know, I think he got kind of lulled a little bit by chip. Uh, I think most of Lurie's fortune is tied up in the Eagles. So it's not like one of these owners who, I mean, Lurie, there's a lot of, you read some of the coverage about the Eagles. They, a lot of people suspect that Lurie wants to be super involved in, you know, not just the personnel stuff. Cause he's like sits in the draft room and like helps them pick stuff, but that, you know, there's always been rumored that, oh, they wanted to bring in Sirianni because Lurie and Howie wanted to, like involvement in the game plan. And, you know, they sort of adamantly denied that, but there's a lot of smoke out there that, you know, Lurie is one of these owners who's like, oh, we ought to be playing such and such guy more. So who knows? I mean, it it is really, I, I guess his son is going to take over the team uh, at some point, you know, when he wants to sort of step step back or step aside. And so we'll probably already, already always have the Luries in our life on some level. Uh, and it, as we do, and we start out a, a sort of reoccurring segment, hopefully someday on the trap drawer where we dive deep into where various owners made their money. Uh, I can do a little bit more research into what made Jeffrey Lurie the man that he is. Last question too. Like what's the, the, uh, what's your read on Sirianni? Like, I don't know what to think on him. The whole dog mentality thing, all that, all that shit. Pretty personable guy. Like pretty, when I was up there you know, a couple times, you know, he's given the media grief in a fun way. He's not acting like super defensive and insecure. Obviously, that's some of that's the nature of being a younger coach with who hasn't experienced a lot of criticism because you've done well since you've been there. Um, you know, very loyal uh, to his people, like as you saw with the Frank Reich stuff when Reich got fired and they beat the Colts and he was like, that was for fucking Frank. I mean, to me, I think it's interesting to see some of these younger coaches come into power and they're like our age. Right. And they're sort of expressing basic like immaturities that we might in a sort of a, a stupid golf match or in like a, you know, a pickup basketball game. And you see like Sirianni, like bobbing his head during the giants win over the giants in the playoffs and stuff. And you're like, yeah, man, that's not really how I grew up thinking of NFL coaches. Like Dan Reeves wouldn't have been like looking in the camera and like bobbing his head or Bill Walsh, but that's like our generation of, coaches now. I mean, Sirianni's what, 38, 39, something like that. So, you know, you, it's funny when you start to see people who are your age take over the world and see some of the dumb shit that, you know, you do reflected back at you. I don't know. I mean, it, you you will see, I think, some... I saw this with John Harbaugh. Is like everybody's. It's easy to be personable and sort of charming until you start to suffer some setbacks and you get criticized more and then you get more, a little bit hardened and a little more defensive and to Kyle's credit, like he's hasn't really changed ever since you know, he's, he's pretty measured. He's really good at explaining things. And I, I know we keep coming back to Kyle, but there's, you know, there's a lot of coaches that are, you know, McVeigh is kind of like that, very personable, doesn't seem to take things too personally, you know, willing to kind of engage with the media. So that's kind of the, the people Hertz seems to like him a lot and the rest of the players seem to like him a lot. So uh, with Sirianni, so that, that would be my read on him from afar. God, you guys kind of like sold me on the Eagles a little bit. I'm, All right. I'm, I'm kind of hating <laughs> just, it. I just, I'm just, just bummed. Like, I just like this Super Bowl doesn't make me feel anything. 
Like I don't, I don't feel anything. Well, you got to root against Jackson Mahomes. That's what you're. That's gotta, yeah, <laughs> and Brittany Mahomes and Kermit the Frog. Well, I got to root against. The, I got to root for the Eagles because I need. I don't want to be doing that stupid Russ video. I've already <laughs> done. I've put an apology video out for Randy, and now I got to do a Russ video. <laughs> Hell no, I don't try to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe we can uh, we can turn to the AFC Championship game now. Uh, obviously, uh, a bummer of a game from from my Bengals, uh, all Bengals fans. I thought, I thought, I think there's a lot of different directions we can jump in, right? I, I think we can do the Mahomes v Burrow uh, debate that led up to this game. We can do the Burrow head. Um, you know, the dumb Cincinnati mayor making a big deal out of is, is Burrow Mahomes' father. We can uh, we can talk about how the Chiefs were 0-3 against the Bengals going into that game in the last two years. But I, I think we can talk about the officiating. But, but I don't – I think where this game was really decided, in my opinion, was the, the Chiefs just won in the trenches. They – when, when they were on defense, Chris Jones obviously came up with some huge plays. I, I thought the Chiefs' D-line controlled the game from that perspective. And then conversely, the Bengals were really struggling to, to put much pressure at all on Mahomes with, with their defensive front four. And I give kudos to the Chiefs. Uh, I, I think that's ultimately where the game was decided. Um, I think overall it's incredible that these teams have now played four three-point games in the last two years, and they've all come down to the last drive, really the last possession, who has the ball. Um, I hope it's a burgeoning rivalry that we can enjoy for the next several years. Um, with all that said, what as, as outside opinions from my own, what, what did you guys think? I, I was I remain impressed by Burrow. I feel like very much what you said. You know, I, I think most fans I've seen who are frustrated are complaining about the refs, but I think you're right that Chris Jones is just an unblockable force. Uh, you know, he's probably I would say I would take him over Aaron Donald as like the most immovable sort of object in the game and uh, at the moment at, up front. I mean, Donald just keeps talking about retirement, and uh, Chris Jones is talking about you know, getting back to Super Bowl and how he didn't do enough last go round and now he's crying, you know, after the game about it. And so he's to me it's that suggests he's still got a huge burning fire to be really, really great. Um I you know, I didn't I wasn't super impressed by the Bengals against the Ravens, but I think some of that might have been that the Ravens are just a bad matchup. Randy you mentioned that. I, I thought that, you know, they should have run over the Ravens because uh, you know, the Ravens just didn't have any offense at all. But, you know, that is kind of a good rivalry where they fight tooth and nail. And I think if the Ravens had Lamar, they'd probably win that game. But uh, it doesn't matter if you don't if you don't have the personnel to do it. You better not do stupid shit like try to jump over the goal line and stick the ball out like <laughs> they did. But, you know, the, the Bengals are – they got a lot of room under the cap, right? They can still go out if they – I think that the, they've built the momentum now of like – a Super Bowl and AFC Championship game, you know, there's a lot of people who never would have wanted to play for the Bengals in the past who might have decided now, like, you know what? Burroughs made me a believer. I, would, I totally want to be a part of this franchise, and I think that's huge. Yeah, I thought the game, I thought Tyler Boyd was a massive missing piece for the Bengals. Like, it seemed like they could, you know, devote a lot more attention to to Chase. I think Chase played well. T played great. 
Mixon came out running hard. Like I thought that portended well for all right, like Bengals came to play up front. They're you know Mixon looked like he had early in the season. Um I thought the like I think on on the officiating, I thought the the officials called like everything they called was a penalty. It was about the stuff they didn't call. Right? Like there was some just like the Chiefs get away with the most egregious bullshit. It's fucking crazy, man. I mean, it truly is. It was the same shit against the Jaguars. It's been the same shit. Like they they just like they hold on every goddamn play. They didn't get a in the 2019 Super Bowl against the Niners. There was zero holding calls called against them. And if you go back and watch that game, they, they literally held on like 75% of the plays. What? Like Bosa got held the entire game. And, and let me just say, because it, it does sound like sour grapes, especially Chiefs fans listening to this right now, and I, I I don't necessarily want it to come across, but I think the frustration in playing the Chiefs is they are so talented, Mahomes is so good, that if, if, if you don't feel like you're getting some equitable penalties, then it, it almost makes it an impossible task. I, I think that's where the frustration comes in when people talk about you know the Chiefs get away with this and this is like, man, if 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 they're getting a friendly whistle, it it almost makes them unbeatable because of how good Mahomes is, how good that offense is. I I, I think that's the frustration that that people come back to when and like the Frank Clark, like the no call on the just driving Burrow, like that that didn't make any sense. The punt, like the you know, holding or blocking the back on the punt, all that. Like, the Chiefs, I mean, to their credit, like, it seems like this was kind of a down year for the Chiefs, at least from a weaponry perspective. Like, there's not a whole lot out there. You know, Kelsey's obviously a beast. And then I was I was really impressed with Pacheco the last couple of weeks. Like, he's a – he runs nice. He's versatile. He's mean. Um, yeah. but, like, but, like, Juju stinks. You know, Hardman's, Hardman's fast, but he's just another guy. Yeah, there's just not a whole lot of like Sky Moore. The guy's named after a fucking bottle of vodka, right? I mean, it's, it's like or, or either that or a or a or a Paw Patrol character, you know. It, it, there's just not a whole lot that scares you on that offense outside of like uh, Patrick and and Kelsey. Well, you know, I think it all. It's and this is to comment on the the refereeing thing. I think it's like you know. I think KBB mentioned it, but it's like in our stream. But it's. That's why you get home field advantage is because in general, when you have home field, the calls are going to go majority in your favor. That's just the nature of refereeing in any sport, really. And so, I mean, it definitely felt that way in the Eagles Niners game. And it certainly felt that way in the Chiefs Chiefs and Bengals game that calls just get weighted more towards the home team. That could, you know, fair to say that's why you go and get you play hard to get home field advantage. That's why it matters. Uh, on top of that, again, it just comes back to me that playoff, big playoff games and playoff games in general and are won in the trenches. And like the difference in that game was the Bengals offensive line was not able to handle Chris Jones. And then it was a toss up pretty much everywhere else. And that was really the difference. Like Chris Jones makes that sack. They, sw- they switch him out to defensive end. He's an interior player where they can move him all around the line. They put him on the bad matchup on the right tackle. He just destroys the guy and gets the sack to end that last drive when the Bengals look like they could go down and score. That totally 
won the game for 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 the Chiefs, you know, for the most part. And it's like you pair him with Mahomes on offense who can just make something out of nothing constantly. And it's yeah, it's that's where the game is won and lost to me. KVV, what'd you think of uh the, the Mahomes v Burrow debate going in going into the game? I mean, I think they're obviously different quarterbacks. I thought, you know, the people who get really offended by this idea that any comparison to Patrick Mahomes is sacrilege annoy me because I think that Patrick Mahomes is obviously great. Uh, we don't have to sort of, you know, debate that. Like no one who, when saying Burrow is good is saying that Patrick Mahomes isn't great, but you know, to me, like Burrow remains probably my favorite player in the NFL to watch currently because he just has a sort of, uh, aura about him that I don't feel like I've seen since Joe Montana. It's different than, you know, what Tom Brady had, which was sort of this annoying arrogance, whereas like Burrow's confidence doesn't come across as dickish. It comes across as just sort of swagger. And I don't I don't see how you could kind of hate Joe Burrow, although some Ravens fans who I know do. Um, I just think he seems like a very thoughtful, very interesting person. I appreciate some of his stands on social issues. And it's pretty rare to have an athlete who's kind of, you know, trending more left than than not. And so for me, like that aligns with a lot of things that I believe in. And so it's, it's easy for me to root for him. I just think when it comes to understanding like the rhythm and the flow of a game, Burrow's really good at being like, yeah, all right, I'm going to take what I can get here. I'm going to take shots, especially we talked a little bit about the, the ringer article that uh, I thought did a pretty good job of sort of winning that he actually got to be a better quarterback by not throwing the ball downfield as much, because while you could hit a lot of those big plays and he really did, offensive line you know was kind of left out to dry a lot of times when he's trying to make big plays and and that's part of the reason why he took so many sacks and he sort of adjusted a little bit of that and so you know i think it's super fun the idea of them you know going at each other for a decade that's what we had you know was with a lot of different quarterbacks when we were younger and and the idea that that can continue that they might be the brady manning of our you know kind of the this era that would be awesome how much longer do you think Andy Reid coaches? I would say probably only a couple years. I mean, that might be the one way that Biennemi gets a job is he Reid just basically says, all right, I'm going to leave, but I want my guy here to take over. And uh, if you're not comfortable with that, then maybe I'll just keep coaching. And, you know, maybe the hunts would sort of go along with that. Um, but I can't imagine that he wants to grind forever. Although the thing about some football guys is they just don't know anything else. And so they'd almost yeah. rather die in their office chair then walk away from it. So I don't, I can't, I don't have a great sense of which of those Andy is, but you know, I, I wouldn't really want to, if I want another Super Bowl, I might be like, all right, I'm good. I don't really need to basically peel years off my life doing this, but I like, know. I do think there's, there's something to be said for Mahomes having Reed for his whole career. Mm -hmm. Like that's a massive built in advantage. Totally. What's well, you, you see how much coaching makes a difference with, like Dabble going to the Giants this year, which we've talked about. Like Daniel Jones was a shitty quarterback. And now like he's a pretty decent quarterback. And it's just a, yeah. Some some coaches really do understand quarterbacking and the nuances of it. And Kyle keeps turning very average quarterbacks into pretty, you know, above average quarterbacks. And it's like I if I always think about if I was the parent of a kid who was like gonna be the number one draft pick and they were probably gonna go to a really shitty franchise. I might just pull an Elway and be like, "Yep, nope, not doing that. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna screw my uh, my whole career over by starting off with a really bad coach." Which is fascinating because 
Tron, as you said, Mahomes came into a great situation in Kansas City, got to sit for a year, is with one of the best offensive minds in football. And you compare that KVV, that's the exact – I mean, I don't know if you remember, people were telling Burrow you should hold out. You should not go play for Cincinnati. And for him to to come into a franchise that had totally hit rock bottom, that's been kind of a, a lovable loser franchise for for most of its history – that's really impressive that he's got them. There's some credit due yeah, there. Right? Totally. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, I think I will say too, just on the, along that line, like we, you asked us not to rip uh, Zach Taylor over and over and over again early on in the year, because you just were tired of the same arguments. And I think like he deserves a mea culpa in that he obviously proved that Super Bowl hangover wasn't a thing, came back and did almost everything right. That not punting the ball out of bounds at the end of the game bugs me. But, you know, you can't get every sort of call right. Uh, and who knows whether they told the kicker to do it and he didn't do it. But um, I, I think Zach Taylor is like, proven to be a good program builder. And, you know, I, we'll see if Tron wants to give him a culpa here since he's... I'm willing to... No, I, said, I think I said the same thing a few weeks ago, too. It's like the guy, you know, the, guy's, the, guy, can, the guy can lead a program, right? Like, I, like I, may, I may disagree on certain things. Randy, the, it's played out, like you said. It would play out where Burrow has more control of the offense. I think the offense, like I think a win in the column for maybe the haters is like the offense got a lot better when it seems like Zach Taylor took some of his fingerprints off of it. Um, you know, so I think there's there's probably some middle ground there. Um, but you know, I think it goes beyond that too. Of like, like dude, like BJ Hill was a beast the other day. Like they're. Like, like they're they're just overmatched at certain spots and they don't play like it. Like they're fucking Eli Apple, man. I mean, that guy is is trash with a capital T, trash. And like I can't believe Zach Taylor let even let him into the locker room. They uh, does not seem very well liked by uh, most of the NFL players. <laughs> no, it's funny. He's been so important for Cincinnati though, uh, especially after Awuzie got hurt. Uh, Eli has been the only. He's just a body. Yeah, he's, he's just he's a been body. There every week. And they've they've been able to count on him, which is not nothing. KVV, I think to your point, Tron, to your point, I, I think Zach, I I and I, I hope I never came across this way. I, I will never argue he's like the best offensive mind in the game, but I do think if we're if we're tallying up the ledger, I, I think he brings a lot more than he takes away as as a head coach. And I think that plays out. I know culture, people can roll their eyes, but legitimately what I've seen the last two years in every, just about every interview you hear coming out of that locker room is they've, they've been able to touch on culture and they are, they are getting more out of the group than maybe the individual talents uh, would, would suggest. So I, I'm, I'm happy there. I think unequivocally this was a successful season for the Bengals. I think they they backed up. They legitimized their run last year. Uh, it's the first time in franchise history they've won a playoff game in back-to-back -back years. It's the first time in franchise history they've won the division in consecutive years um, to, to advance to the AFC Championship game two years in a row. I, I think it's very good, and I, I think I'm most curious about where they head this offseason because there's going to be some turnover on the defensive side of the ball to be seen if they lose either coordinator. Um, but it's... Why is Lou not getting any... I think because like he's... Any looks. Bad PR, probably. I, I think he's a 60-year-old 
lifer that yeah it, it's just not the way the league is trending right now is is what i can tell i was gonna say is it is the league are coaches in the league the youngest that they've ever been right now it feels like it's about to be that way i mean the multiple head coaches that are like sub 40 you know D'Amico ryan's and sirianni and i mean that, that's one th- one thought second secondly it i do see the Bengals path getting tougher just because I think the Steelers are improving and they're getting to a, a more of a semblance of a pro of a, of a competitive team. And um, who knows what happens with uh massage boy. Uh, if he can like figure, <laughs> figure it out over there in Cleveland. But um, I mean, they got a roster. Sucked I mean, he's, he was bad. They got a roster though. It's like, yeah, they do. And what, one more thing on the Bengals, because Randy, you you pointed this out. I want to make sure we like put a bold and underline this. Props to Joseph Osai for for speaking to the media after the game. Like I I felt bad for him to the point where like it was almost like he was moving so fast that he couldn't control himself. Like it was it was like he was going faster than he'd ever gone before chasing Mahomes. And yeah, it was a boneheaded, stupid decision, but. You know, it like it was stupid. It wasn't malicious, and for him to stand up and give cogent, thoughtful answers afterwards, I think said a lot about his character. And people might hate this this take, but I think the game is unfair to defensive players in a lot of ways. Oh, totally. Because you yeah. cannot. We have this like standard of what we think should happen based on super slow mo replay that you cannot even imagine how fast players move if you are standing on the field, like watching them. I've, I've been on the field, on the sidelines, not playing on the field, but, but watching NFL you know, games a few times. And it is unbelievable how loud and how like, much they sound like car crashes. And the idea that you know Patrick Mahomes is running, Osai had to make that decision probably before like Mahomes turned up field, right? As fast as he was going. And so... And he's you six know, foot four, two hundred and seventy pounds, <laughs> moving thirty miles an hour. I mean, it's crazy. It's uh, I, I think it's a, I think Osai is going to be better for this. Weirdly, I, I'm yeah. really, I can't wait to see how he comes back next year. He's he's been a bright spot for the team. Was really their best pass rusher all playoffs. Um, so un- unfortunate that he kind of has to bear the public brunt of it but it's certainly not the reason the the Bengals lost in my opinion who else is who else is like a free agent or you know potentially on the chopping block you got Jesse Bates 3.0 yeah, Jermaine Pratt likely will will leave uh he's he's him and Logan Wilson have been the linebackers yeah. um <laughs> Eli Apple's an unrestricted free agent um uh, <laughs> But it's it's not a ton. It's more of a question of they're likely going to do the Burrow extension this year, and how much the, they got to throw all that money into escrow. How much that will be, and then what what that looks like after that extension. I mean, I think the two non-negotiables are you got to take care of Burrow, and you got to take care of Chase. And I hope there's enough money left over to take care of a Higgins. I think they're going to extend Logan Wilson. Um, the, the linebacker so we'll we'll see um they've 
you know, I think the Bengals draft pretty well. Uh, they're, they're certainly going to have to hit this year. I, I think the big thing is just going to be, you know, Lyle Collins tore his ACL. Can he come back next year and contribute? Jonah Williams isn't a great left tackle. What do you do there? Um, I, the, the missing piece really is that offensive line, and they had made some strides this year. But if and when they're able to give Burrow – an elite offensive line. I think that's when things get really scary for the rest of the league. Yeah. That was one of the most disappointing ends to a game. I was just like, fuck man, it's over like that. Like I was, I was gearing up for, you know, either overtime or a, a big field goal try or whatever. And it was just like, Oh man, this, this sucks. I know the ref probably can't pick up the flag in that situation, but I just kind of wish like, it was a little less blatant, a little more borderline, so we could have just, you know, even like a fifth. If the if the Chiefs kick a fifty-four yard field goal in the cold to win that game, then you kind of tip your hat and you're like, hey, great. But when it's like a thirty-nine yarder, we're all sitting there being like, well, this is obviously going in. This is such a a bummer of a way for this to be over. And like, I've got nothing against the people of Kansas City. It's a great, great, great city. Wonderful restaurants, great barbecue, great people. But I like I don't know how those people like hey I I don't know how J- Patrick Mahomes turned out as good as he did with his brother his dad seems like a piece of work based on the post game stuff and his wife is just like a, a fucking lunatic straight up there's a, there's a couple of uh, like wives of NFL players that I follow from like having written about those players before I don't want to air this woman out but. She was like on Twitter being like, I, I love Patrick Mahomes and I hate his wife. And she was like, like this is another NFL player's wife being like, I just cannot yeah. stand that, that woman. There's, there's people like, that have Whoa. like reached out from Kansas City who are like, dude, if you, like, if you only knew the, like, so, like, even a handful of the stories, like, like you, would, you would hate her 180 times more. Be- she's, the beef is on. Low key this year. <laughs> she was low, more low key this year. He, you know, maybe whether it's true or not, she kind of had to take a. We didn't see Jackson TikToking on the field, and she wasn't. Other than a few Instagram stuff, she wasn't as, like, quite as prominent. Maybe just know. pour less alcohol on the fans this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's wrap up. Uh, the Super Bowl obviously is set. KC versus Philly. I saw Philly opened as an early two point favorite. Who are you rooting for, and who are you picking? And, and I'll start to give you guys a chance to think. I, I am, I, I think this is, this is a testament to like this, this newfound rivalry. I can't root for the Chiefs. I'm going to be rooting for the Eagles. I, I hope they win. And I wish I had more confidence in Hurts and that offense. But I, unfortunately, I think the Chiefs probably pull it out. I think that the, if there's any, team that's equipped to handle a guy like Chris Jones it's Jason Kelsey so fly Eagles fly <laughs> where did you get that like how did that for the podcast listeners Poosh is holding up an iration Eagles jersey number 17 <laughs> so uh a f- years ago right after actually the year after they won I think it was 2016 or year after they won the Super Bowl we were in Philly and a couple of their coaches on the offensive staff under Doug Peterson were like fans and they hit us up and off, you know, invited us to come down to the facility. So it was uh, in camp. So we went and watched Carson Wentz kind of coming, returning off of his injury and, and foals and, and uh, we hung out at their, their facility and had lunch and then met Doug Peterson 
and then uh, they came out to the uh, they came out to our show in Philly, and brought us the jersey. So I was I got to keep it. Sweet. So I have. Actually, I asked this. I asked this offline, but I want to get your answer again. Do you ever people get people who just love your music, but are like, "Yo, I fucking hate your sports takes. I cannot stand your t- your tweeting. You've, you're always bagging on my team. I can't listen to your music anymore because I hate your sports takes." KVV. Yes, first of all, that's literally my entire Twitter feed. Okay, it's like <laughs> trap stoolies, guys that are like, it's like whenever I get you call them trap stoolies. Dude, come that's on, such a meaning. oh come on, you know it's good and. It's also like, it's like these guys that are, their whole deal is like, they don't, I mean, I know they, they troll literally everybody, but it's like, I know they troll TC and they, they troll Randy too, but they're like, now they're just in my mentions. Like, it's like, they're just, they're just these, you know, faceless, nameless bot accounts that are like, just all they want to do is just trash any, but I, I do actually have a lot of fans that are like, listen, Poosh, love the music, but you're just like, you know, trash take, like, can't stand it. You're an idiot. Like, you know. Yeah, it's every day, People literally every Shani. day. Yeah, People hate Shani. He just brings out the worst in, in, in all these people, and it's because they're jealous. They hate excellence. They hate excellence, yeah. And, and Nepo babies, too. Eh? <laughs> KBB, who you got? Uh, I'm going to stick with the Eagles. I think that they will... Um, Rooting the and... And uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really root uh, in a lot of sense. Maybe I have to. You now can root now. now. I can, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I've left ESPN behind. I can be a true uh, rooting uh, interest. Uh, you know, I think the Eagles are a very well-run professional organization. I think the only way to really beat Mahomes is to batter him up pretty good. And, the you know, the Bucks did that a few years ago when everyone kind of thought, oh, that they're going to run all over the box and they just absolutely stomped them. So I would say, I think if the Eagles can produce enough offense, uh, they'll, they'll find a way to win because I don't think Kansas city is going to be able to, I think Philly's offense is tough enough and brawny enough to push Kansas city around a little bit other than Chris Jones. And as Pooch said, like Kelsey, probably the best guy who you would want to sort of handle that. So I'm going Eagles. I think they're going to win. I was going to say rooting for the Chiefs, but I'm kind of getting where you are, Randy, of I, I just I can't root for I can't root for Mahomes at this point. The only reason I would root for the Chiefs is cuz I like Andy Reid. I think he's a great coach and he seems like, you know, just like kind of a cool full full circle thing with him playing against the Eagles, but I just don't think they've got the horses in the back. Sweep, clean sweep. Yeah, that, man, I might just go bet the Chiefs right now. Uh, yeah, that's scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I just, I just can't sleep on like Jackson Mahomes, no. like celebrating on the field no. after the game. Nor, nor so should you think he'll get his own podium at Media Day? Oh, what do you? Oh my God. <laughs> well, what do you think about that? If Mahomes loses the Super Bowl, and you know, having how come there's not more talk about? I mean, just because he won one, he's lost. He's lost more championship games than Shanny has, hasn't he? Once you win one, it's just a free pass, though. I guess that's what it is, isn't it? It's like you get one and you're just like forgiven for... All we got to do is get one, Poosh. I know, I know. We just need one. All right, can we shit on Steven Ruiz now? All right, let's go through... (laughs) Yes. I, I wanted you guys to rank your top 10 quarterbacks. Because I think it's an interesting exercise. So the parameters were just for next season, the 2023-24 season, rank your top 10 quarterbacks. 
and I'm curious where we have consensus. I'm curious where where we differ. I found this to be a lot more challenging than I thought it would be. Truthfully, I think there are like six good quarterbacks, and then you could convince me everybody else kind of stinks. Stinks until proven, until proven otherwise. Yeah. Randy, do you want to have us all read off ten and then go to nine, or do you want each of us to, to go one, ten through net to one? To mm. I think this, it'll be uh, more interesting if we start at your top ranked quarterback. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so I'm going to defer. He just won the AFC Championship game. I will put Patrick Mahomes at number one. Same. I'm going with Burrow number one. Ooh. I think he's. I think he's got another year under his belt. I think they shore up the offensive line a little bit more. They get in the lab scheme wise a little bit. This is to to be clear. This is for next year, right? Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah. For next year, yeah. I'm looking ahead. Yes. Like not, past not right returns now. don't necessarily dictate future results, right? Okay. I pick Mahomes. Uh, I think he just remains like an artist at the position. Um, friend of the program, uh, Anti Faldo, had a sort of good comp that like watching him is kind of like watching Pete Maravich. Like he's just sort of a genius of like arm angles and like doing stuff that seems a little bit like excessive, but actually turns out to be, you know, <laughs> like a w perfect way to throw a pass. Um, he might be annoying, but there's like really nobody like him. I think that the game has seen in a while. So I, I would say, I mean, he was, you know, he led the league in yardage and TD passes and QB rating. If you throw out Tua and net yards per, you know, attempt and adjusted net yards, like he's just, He's really, really good, and it's he's got a really, really good coach, and they'll probably add more weapons to it. So, wouldn't be surprised if he's an MVP this year and an MVP next year too. I feel like we're due for a Kelsey injury or something. I'm not wishing that on him or anything like that, but it feels like a yeah. lot of his success is predicated upon having that safety valve. I thought that was super dorky when he like tried to yo yo Cincinnati Mayor, shut your mouth. I mean, come on, buddy. Like, <laughs> you you really got fired up about the mayor. <laughs> Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. Well, Chris Jones is like, nobody disrespects Arrowhead. I was like, oh, dude, you kind of squeaked out a three-point win there. That was pretty yeah. ugly. Uh, <laughs> well, Frank Clark was on the NFL Network talking about how like, they came here and they got their ass stomped. Well, dude, like it was about as close as it could have possibly be. What are you talking about? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, All right, number two. I imagine, TC, I don't want to speak for you. Do you have Mahomes, too? I have, I, I have Burrow, I have too. Does too. anybody else not have Mahomes yeah. or Burrow in the top two? Katie, he's got Herbert. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I also have Burrow, uh, too. I mean, I just think, like, if you wanted to build a franchise around someone for the next 10 years, like, it would be a coin flip between Mahomes and Burrow. And I, I might even lean towards Burrow just because of the whole package and, um, you know, less likely to maybe get hurt. Uh, so, yeah, Burrow's my number two. Just for some context so we can shit on our, our, our favorite target, Steven Ruiz. Uh, through the divisional round of the, or no, excuse me, through the wild card round of the playoffs, had Burrow as the fourth best quarterback in the AFC. Earlier this year, he had him as low as eleven in his quarterback rankings. Um, we through week through week four, eleven week four, ten week five, six was, up until week week twelve. Yeah, but you guys, you guys don't watch ball. This we don't know ball. <laughs> you don't know ball. No I ball. I was aware of. Of this animus towards Ruiz, like and Burrow, like what exactly was the until you guys made me aware of it? I it seems like it's driven by he just doesn't think that you can be a great quarterback without a, a big arm, and that 
which to me is just not accurate. But um, you have to you have to have a certainly an adequate arm. But no one like ever looked at Brady and was like, oh, that guy's got a cannon. Like never in his career did I think he was had the strongest arm in the league. So yeah, Joe Burrow makes like really special throws. I mean, I just was surprised to see some of that discussion from him. Uh, yes, as are we. The, the fatwa <laughs> continues. Uh, this is where it's going to get interesting. <laughs> KVV, why don't you tell us your number three? Uh, I still have Josh Allen here, but I thought he regressed uh, this year. Um, I think it became obvious that the Bills cannot win a Super Bowl with him just flinging it around. Um, they're they're like a team that's built for a fucking dome, and they play on the planet Hoth. Like, what are you doing thinking that he can be your whole running game? Uh, you know, they, they might be better off getting like 9-8 and eight and winning the wild card and then just going yeah. on the road every, every month because they just – that team – I mean, he's great, but – I don't know. Like, you just cannot win like with the expectation you're going to throw 55 times a game. And he's yeah. he got great by getting more accurate, by working on his mechanics. All that's awesome. But I I do not think he's the, one of the two best quarterbacks in the league now. I just he's physically amazing and he makes some amazing throws, but a lot of it is decision making. He did not play well at all in that playoff game. Do you think Dable leaving is is a huge? I mean, certainly, I it, it certainly Dorsey, was part like, of it. That's yeah. that's got to be part has of it. Has to be. Right? Has to be. Has to be. So you have Allen three. Poosh, who do you have in your third spot? At number three, I have Kyle Shanahan. Plus, ah, plus literally, plus thunder. literally anybody. Okay. Wow. Any anybody, including Josh Johnson, if he had a single rep in that at practice that week. I, I see Poosh, that's that where on, I draw bro? the line, man. Okay, like, okay, that, maybe like, not. That might be a bridge like, too far. There's a reason that Josh Johnson's been on however many teams. Shit, team. look at look at the statistics when Bra- Big Cock Brock came in. He's literally like the number two quarterback statistically in the league in like every single measurement. You know, efficiency, uh, whatever that. You know the the, the I'm with you. yards I'm per whatever it is down the field. I don't know all the all those analytics that Stephen Ruiz is on about. He Shanny is a god maker, king maker. Literally, just give him an average quarterback next year, and if he stays healthy, this team goes. That was who I had. I had I had TB12 in Shanny's system at number three. Sick, sick. We're aligned. We're aligned. <laughs> I uh, this right. ain't gonna make much sense given my prior comments, but you're I going Herbert. Put Herbert number three. Oh wow! I, I won't deny Whoa. that he does a lot of things really well. I still have questions about his. I and I don't know where this shakes out. I guess you could classify it under like feel of the game, right? When, like when he's. For instance, the playoff game, right? The the most recent game we saw. You just can't blow a twenty seven point lead. It, only only kicking a field goal in the second half. At, at some point, you gotta go get points. Um, but I do recognize he's he's a great talent. He's got a great arm. Uh, but it's certainly time for him to start winning some things. What do you guys think about Kellen Moore going to the the Chargers? I actually kind of like that for him. Could certainly help him. I think it's, you know, they, they got to do something a little different. I have some Herbert thoughts when it's my turn to say that I think we'll actually 
support your theory that he should be lower, uh, even though you're putting him. I know. Well, this is where I really struggled. So I put Josh Allen fourth, and Mm -hmm. God, Sturm's going to be all over you for that. That Kellen I know. Moore Sturm comment. hates. Are they really down on the Kellen Moore's offensive? Everyone hates their offensive coordinator except for like one or two teams in the league. Do you think Which, that? Do you well, think McCarthy is going to be an upgrade on Kellen Moore though? Like, God, it's going to be spectacular. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> I mean, said he Sturm, had a quote Sturm, low football IQ. <laughs> Sturm loves Sturm for for whatever reason thinks Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton are like the exact same guy. No, Sean Payton just has better marketing. <laughs> No, no. I mean, I, I saw I that. Ta- absurd, I saw that but... take going around, but it's like, as far as an offensive play caller, they're not even in the same like world. Peyton is so you much. You also don't know, like Stern, Like, is McCarthy telling Sturm, like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to call these genius plays, but you know, Kellen Moore keeps fucking it up. No, like Kellen Moore is probably running the offense that McCarthy wants. You and he's dealing with Stinky a... Dak. Yeah, I no. I think it'll help. And I think nothing, it, it has to, it can't hurt, right? We saw that like every Charger fan who ever talked to us this year is trying to convince us that all Herbert does is check the ball down. Well, Lombardi is in, objectively in terrible game, so. as well. He got fired. He was, yeah. he was le- terrible. Like, so Kellen Moore will be an upgrade for sure. I do worry about this, the Chargers like offensive weapons. Like Keenan Allen's not young anymore. Mike Williams literally just broke his back. Um, Spinal. You know, Eckler's starting to get some mileage, like some tread on the tires. It's just such a weirdly constructed offensive roster. Well, that's because they had no identity, and that's because Lombardi has stinks, and they and the, the front office stinks. I mean, the front office love the front office is good at too. drafting talented players, but they don't have it. Like you said, there's no. Like what? Yeah. Who? What are they drafting for? What's the identity of the team? So it's like it's just and, like, and I don't understand like how the defense isn't better. Like they like you got Khalil Mack. You you spent all this money on Sebastian Joseph Day. You you know you got a couple other guys up like D you know D tackles up front. You got Derwin James. Like you had dogs. Well, that, the lesser they sucked well, again. Lesser Bosa. The, yeah, the second half of the Jags game, notwithstanding, I really thought the defense was starting to come on over the last month plus of the season. Um, but, but like that's that to me, what's so damning about uh, the coach, Staley. You know, it's like he's a defensive guy. Right. They're getting exposed. Yeah. Well, historically, they show that any time a defensive coordinator becomes a head coach, the defense drops off. It's just it gets worse. Yeah, because yeah. they're just devoting, they're, they're not devoting the same amount of time to the, to the defense anymore. So, I mean, Staley wasn't, to me, wasn't that great a defensive coordinator before that. He had, like, what one year of success with the Rams. And, you know, so who knows? I mean, it, I think it's like, I think that that franchise is just, it, it has no direction. You know what I mean? And that's, and, and so maybe at some point they, they figure that out. But it's like, I think Staley is just not, is not the guy. So Randy, you had Herbert at so three. So I had Herbert at three and Allen at four. You could convince me to okay. swap those guys. I as I was going through it, I thought clear cut one and two, Burrow Mahomes, clear cut three and four, Allen and Herbert is how I looked at it. I think if you put Allen on the Chargers, they're a better football team. So I think I would I have Allen above Herbert. I've got Allen at four. Yeah. And uh, Herbert at five. Same. I have Same. a number four, Trevor Lawrence. Hell yeah. Going forward, I think uh, 
I would love to revisit this a year from now, but I think Trevor Lawrence is going to make some even bigger strides. I mean, you know, I've avoided interceptions a ton this year. You know, I think he was one of the better quarterbacks in terms of avoiding picks. Threw for 4,000 yards, almost 30 touchdowns. You just needed a year or half a year to wash the stink of Urban Meyer off of him. Uh, you know, also rookie years are just hard. You know, the, our expectation that you should come out and be great rookie year is probably a little bit inflated. And I think going forward, I would put Trevor as a guy who I would very much, I mean, he's going to be playoff tested now. He's going to be that dude. He made some big, big throws in that comeback. Oh, yeah. A couple uh, big and, runs too. You know, and just late in the year when they had to keep winning to have a chance. Uh, I, I think he very much impressed me, and I, I feel very comfortable with this as a projection going forward with him being number four. And he's got Ridley coming to the mix. Only going to add more talent there, you know. I like that. That's provocative. I like it. Yeah. So who's your who's Thank your you. five then? I have J- Jalen Hurts. At wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys. Guys, I mean, I'll say it. Hurts, believe, Hurts but... didn't hit my top ten. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. Well, I think you're you're gonna be uh, feeling bad about that when he wins the Super Bowl next week. But that's uh, the thing. Throws, I'm know. trying to separate his ability as a quarterback from being able to play quarterback in that system. Maybe you need to see broaden your ideas of so, what a quarterback. So you're going is. To, you're going Hurts against like like over Lamb Lamb. I can have, agree with yeah. that KVV because you know right now going forward, I think Lamb, we need to talk about Lamb later in the list. But like Lamb might be in the midst of of a real problem. <laughs> and I'm not sure how it's going to get better, but it could get bad fast for Lamb. So, uh, but I'm I, I fully believe. And I, I listen. I just think. I don't think that I my opinion on this is like gospel, but I think I watched more of the Eagles this year well, than you guys sure. did, and I just have a, a better belief in his abilities as a passer, as someone you know who has a firm grasp. He's just really dangerous, and he's really pretty durable. He's not quite as breakable as Lamar, I think, and I think he's just going to be a threat. It's, he's not going to all of a sudden lose his ability to – you know, pick up seven, eight yards. I mean, he rushed for 700 yards this year, almost 800. But, but You're talking about a guy who rushed for 13 touchdowns. That matters. That's If you don't have to complete 70% of your passes, if every third and four, you can basically pick up that thing on a, you know, read option. So, but some of that's and he, and he like, could, and, like behind a baller-ass offensive line. Well, that's part of it too. I mean, you play to what the personnel you have is. I don't think we're going to knock him just because he has a badass offensive line. All those guys are pretty much under contract except Kelsey. But if you put and Kelsey, would probably stick around. What if you put Lamar in that offense though? Is do you think that it's it's a less explosive offense with Lamar? I guarantee that no. I, I mean, I don't think it would be less, but I I do think it sure would be nice for Lamar to have the receivers that Hurts has. I mean, he's not going to not have Smith and. Brown is the receivers next year. He's going to have them too. So, like going forward, how do you not factor that in? I mean, if we're looking just, we're not. This isn't like a straight up combine test of like how far they can throw the ball. And this is like their situations and what they're surrounded in. I, I just think leadership matters too, and that's probably why I'm knocking him a little bit, knocking Lamar a little bit because Lamar seems to be showing the opposite of leadership at the moment, and Hertz is all you know, all in. Fair, so, fair. Here, here, you know who'd be great in that offense? Daniel Jones. Who's that? Justin Fields. Trey Lance. Justin oh. Fields. Oh. Well, no, no seriously, oh. that's my thought, though. Is like, what? How are Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones different, I guess? Uh, I think Hurts is a more explosive player. I mean, I think he's probably I as equal as a passer. I, I, this whole idea that, like, 
Daniel Jones is like the white Vic is just stupid. Like he's Daniel like, Jones. No one. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing. Daniel I've ever Jones heard. has got one of the dumbest looking faces. Are people if really saying look, that he's the when white? You look, oh yeah, they call him the Vanilla Vic. That's like his nickname. In the, <laughs> That's so d- fucking just, stupid. Do you guys look at what he looks but, like when he's got his helmet on? But guys, he looks like guys. He rushed for over seven hundred. That yards. matters. It, it, that it matters what your quarterback looks like when he's got a helmet on. Like he looks like he looks like. That's so stupid. He looks confused all the time, like he just got concussed. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't heard that. It's a, every time he does some. You, it's like da, that, you know, Daniel. It's like that, didn't Daniel Jones it's like that picture of a uh, of Vic, the, the white Vic? Yes, <laughs> which is game. on ESPN. No, it was part of ESPN magazine. Yeah. That thing where the white Vic originated was ESPN did a whole Michael Michael Vic issue and it was Teray, the the guy who wrote for writes for rolling stone and now he used to write for rolling stone we we just asked him to write an essay about like how would this be different if vic were white and they put together a, a like a picture of like a white looking michael vick <laughs> the essay was really good it's it's kind of become like an internet meme that we joke about over the years but if you go back and read the essay it was like really actually quite interesting didn't daniel jones hit like the fastest speed of any player in the nfl like that's what they claim. I mean, I don't, you know, yeah. Who, who cares? That's just, are you really like scheming for Daniel Jones to like blow open games the way that you are with like Lamar and uh, Justin Fields? Yeah, and well, Jalen Hurts? he's like a giraffe, you know, like when you get, when you get a giraffe really going, those long strides matter, but it's like, what? It's like Randy. Yeah, exactly. Like I wouldn't want to, I would, I might, I might go at Randy in like a, a 60, but you don't want Randy in like a 200 or 400. I, I just am shocked. I almost KVV. I would almost. I I would feel more yeah. comfortable if you just ranked the Philadelphia Eagles as your fifth, as your fifth as, best quarterback. Oh, okay. I, God, you're gonna have I so know. many Eagles fans. I, I just don't. You just didn't. I, you did not watch the games where Gardner Mishu was. Was the quarterback where they we were quit, terrible? We quit doing drive-bys on Gardner. <laughs> didn't He's Gardner Minshew put up player. like forty points against the Cowboys? Uh, he did. I think he also played, threw like a million interceptions. He, he played though, right? so bad against the Saints, though. So. Saints are good defense, though. Um, so. I mean, yeah. all right, where are we all at? Right, we, we need Finn. We got, we got five, KVB so guys, Hurts at five. Pusha, who's your five? I have Herbert at five. I put Herbert at five, but you, KVB, you got me thinking about Lawrence now too. I got I got Herbert at five, Lawrence at six, but those are interchangeable. I I, I have Lawrence at five. I KVB, I'm with you. Very bullish on Trevor Lawrence. I, I think wipe away his his actual rookie season. I think him with Peterson with a real adult coaching staff. Uh, we're gonna start. I mean, he was. You can remember from his from his freshman year at Clemson. Like he was he was it. He was like the prototype of. Oh my God, that guy's an amazing quarterback. Um, He's as good of a freshman as I think I've ever seen in college football. Like I, he, if you would have come out then, he would have been the number one pick. Like he just was everything. He almost got a little bit worse as time went on at Clemson. Yeah, uh, I have six. I had I had Lamb Lamb. Yeah, uh, Lawrence. Yeah. I have Herbert at six, uh, and I would say I was surprised that I was actually the person who ranked him lower than I any know. Of you guys. God, I feel um, s- such a chicken shit for putting him at three. I'm kicking myself. <laughs> But I'm like, I don't think anybody's so I, re- I, I think I think Allen has warts. Yeah. I, I didn't know who to put there. Yeah. So I did a little research on on Her- Herbert this afternoon that I want to talk about. Uh, because it, it fits in a little bit with some of what I've been saying about something that bugs me 
about him that I think a lot of the weird defensiveness around him about the tape guys are not necessarily grasping. I, you know, Hell yeah. Earlier this year, remember Mike Tanner? He works for um, Football Outsiders. He's, he's worked yeah. for a lot of different places, but he's, he kind of likes to troll a little bit, but he wrote what I thought was like a super fair assessment of Herbert and the tape guys just went bonkers. Oh my God. They were throwing tantrums about how stupid it was and saying, you know, subtweeting right and left. If you think that Justin Herbert isn't a good NFL quarterback, you don't know ball. You don't know what you're talking about, whatever. But like, there are some things about that. Like the stats just don't lie. And so if you look at like the football outsiders stuff, all right. So the chargers this year were 17th in the league in time of possession per drive. Right? So to me, like if you're a top three quarterback, you're not basically spitting the ball back to the defense a ton. You're grinding out, you're moving the ball, you're you're taking advantage of matchups here and there. It, you can sit here and complain like, oh, it's the coaching, it's the coaching, it's the coaching. But there's a lot of stats that point to that like Justin Herbert should probably have to own, all right? So there's a lot of three and outs if you're 17th in the league. And that's that's on the quarterback in a lot of ways. Like you ought to be able to get one or two first downs, all right? They're 13th in points per drive, okay? So they do score some points, but not a shit ton of points. Baltimore's offense was fucking terrible last year, and they were better in both of those things than they, than they were. Do you guys know about, like, the you know the DVOA, like the, you know, the, the average yards over adjusted thing? Yeah. Herbert is 17th in that ranking. Like the, So in the idea of, like, you put an average quarterback in that same offense and 16 quarterbacks out there in the league would would do better than Herbert. And I know a lot of people say like, oh, that's bullshit. You watch the tape, this and that. But a lot of that is like the unsexy throws, like the things that, you know, you know what Joe Burrow ranks now? Like third. So it's the kind of things where you you pick up first downs, you move the ball forward, you get your defense a, a chance to breathe a little bit, you put him in a better position. Herbert is showing like repeatedly that he doesn't do that. You know who's like ranked better than him? Mike, it's like Ryan Tannehill and Cousins and Mariota. Like, is he bad? No, obviously Justin Herbert is not bad. But there are some things that are just not happening. And if you tell me like it's all Lombardi and, and Kellen Moore is going to solve all the problems, and he's going to be great this year. Okay, there's a lot of weight on that this year then. You show me that because you're you're basically excusing away a lot of what the actual numbers say about the Chargers offense just to sort of say. And I, I watch people do that with Flacco a lot for a long time. Oh, it's the offensive coordinator's fault. Oh, it's the personnel's fault. Eventually, the quarterback kind of is who he is. Like, you are what your numbers say you're, they are. And I, you know, I bet Lamar would love to have an all-pro receiver in Mike Williams. There's a lot of dudes who would love to have, like, that. Keenan. God, can you imagine if Lamar had yeah. Keenan? Yeah. So this idea that, like, Justin Herbert is is doing all this despite, like, you know, terrible circumstances and he's been one arm tied behind his back, I think is kind of bullshit. And we, we ought to be able to talk about him in a sort of way that doesn't, make people throw a tantrum and basically say like, you don't get how good he is. Like he's so, he's makes all these amazing throws. Like, yeah, I mean, so what, so did Jeff George. And I don't think, I think obviously Justin Herbert is a lot better than Jeff George, but there are some similarities and they have a super strong arm and they like to make the really hard throws and sometimes struggled with some of the, you know, easier ones or didn't recognize when that, when to take those. 17th in in yards above replacement? That's pretty brutal, man. Oh, dumb question. Do these guys like do all the data wow. viewers and film boys like uh like DVOA or EPA more? Like I think DVOA, that's their the main yeah. one that they like. EPA is the other one. Whatever. Expected play over average or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um and he doesn't like, rank pretty 
particularly great in that either, the EPA one. So well, which is crazy that like Ruiz just no Herbert's twentieth in EPA per play. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an offense. That's They're more coming of, around. Aren't that's more big. of an offensive. <laughs> right. That's more of a on. That's, that's more on that's the coordinator. More all, all encompassing and. Right. I mean, to me, I mean, also Herbert didn't he just? They just said that he's getting a, a shoulder deal, surgery. So yeah. might have been playing with something. I mean, Who knows? It's like he might have been. I, he's tough. It, he's P- push. Push. He also had Rashawn team. Slater. You know, until he got hurt, obviously. But you know, you've been shitting all over the, the Bengals for for drafting Chase over Slater. For no, well, it was Slater and and uh, homeboy from the Lions. The the thing that but who's to say so the, who's to say the thing that raised the red flag for me was last year, coming down the stretch, and let me let me look it up. But they they lost uh, at Houston in week 16 last year in, in a game really they had to win. And I realized the defense gave up 41 points, but I, I don't know. You just, I, that's what initially set it off for me was like, can you imagine giving up 41 points to the fucking like Texans? And like last year's Texans, not even this year's my Texans. Texans. They're just losing games that I don't know. You, you gotta, you gotta win Sometimes you just got to go win a game. The Jags game was one of the worst. That was one of the worst losses I've ever seen. I mean, this year, this year, Herbert's best games were against the Browns, the Raiders, and the Texans. So, I, look, I think it's one of those he things. Sold where he's, me. He's polarizing in that there's probably a little bit of extremes on either side, and I just think that. Some of the tape guys are being like, no, no, you ought to see this throw. And, and he's so good. Yeah, he makes those amazing, amazing throws. But, you know, being quarterback is more about – is not just about making the best throws. It's about making a lot of, like, simple dumb throws where you should let a guy – hit a guy who can catch it at five yards and run for 14. Those are huge, huge things in the NFL. Nobody was ever better than Tom Brady hitting guys in stride and turning six yards into 12. We need to get – you need to set KVV on Steven Ruiz. Yeah. No, I, I, no beef, no beef. <laughs> Guys, I, I'm sold. I am bumping Trevor up to five and Herbert down to six. They're changing hearts and minds. I'm so excited here. This is why you brought the big J into the NLU <laughs> to do the little research, to argue. I might, I might start about. calling you the big, the big DVOA. <laughs> I'm a huge value over replacement of whoever, you know. Whoever we should start. Replace. We should. We should rank. We should give KVV a DVO DVOA for his the uh, for the NLU uh, signing. <laughs> Wins oh. above replacement. Right. What do you guys there have? You it? Did you did you guys name your sixth or is that just my sixth? Uh, yeah, I had Lamar. I, uh, I had Lamla. Okay. Uh, I have Lamar at seven, and I do too. I think. I, you know how much I, you know, I'm a Lamar guy, you know, you know, I've, I've wrote about mm-hmm. how much joy mm-hmm. he brought me, mm-hmm. but however, <laughs> I think we're entering some dangerous territory with Lamar. Uh, been hearing some things that I don't like uh, sources, about, yeah, multiple about how, sources about how it's not great. The relationship there is not great. Uh, they were wishing he would, would, uh, rehab a little bit harder. Uh, frustrated with some things about, uh, you know, his willingness to pick up the offense that they wanted to do, you know, obviously didn't look great. Didn't come to the playoff game. Didn't come to the last game of the regular season. 
Uh, I don't know. I think, look. Which, what's that about? Like, is that normal? Supposedly it's normal, but if he had wanted to come, like he, you know, uh, mostly injured players don't dress for games, but that doesn't always really apply to the quarterback. Like you definitely yeah. see, you know, wouldn't you, if Ty, like if you were Huntley, wouldn't you wanted to be able to talk to Lamar out there and be like, oh, Hey, yeah. you know, what, what are you seeing? What am I not picking up? Like offense is, is stuck. How do I kind of, you know, or at least Lamar's big thing, you know, in the first couple of years was that everybody loved him. He was such a like infectious, joyous presence you know, of course he would want to sort of be there and support the team and get to the playoffs. I Did he like, I think he was probably more hurt than he ever let on. I don't know how, if he didn't rehab as hard as the Ravens would have liked, but you know, you see those cuts of those videos of Harbaugh's being like, oh, I'll be back in two weeks. Ah, it's, you know, it's lingering a little longer. Well, you know, we're just not sure right now. I don't want to talk about it. You know, that, I think I know John well enough to know that like, that isn't, that's a, the growing frustration of someone who wishes he could sort of speak more freely than he feels yeah. like it would be beneficial to do so. So, uh, look, did the Haslam's screw everything up by signing Watson to a guaranteed contract? Yes. Would it be way better if Lamar had an agent who could like say it to him straight? Like, look, you're not going to get 200 million guaranteed. This is a situation where you feel comfortable. Why don't you take 160 and stay here and, you know, play your butt off and by the time you get another contract you'll be 30 and you can still get another huge contract but no one is there in his ear to tell him that he's a super prideful person you know i think he just believes like there's no effing way that deshaun watson should get that money and i shouldn't get it and he's trying to sort of stick to his instincts and you know be the person who he's always been his, his instincts have done him pretty well for the course of his life and I just think this year sucks in a lot of ways because it played out like such a cliche of like, oh, what if he gets hurt? Well, he did get hurt. What if it, you know, the contract isn't there now? Well, maybe not. If I were the Ravens, I'd be a little more hesitant about it's two years in a row. You haven't been able to finish the season. You know, we just and we have to tailor our offense to a specific way that, you know, you want. And maybe internally we're not thrilled with the way that you're processing the, some of the offensive sets that we want to do to fire offensive coordinator now. It's it could get real dicey. Real quick here, and that let's sucks. say he comes back. Are you bullish on them hiring somebody to put new life into it to take yes, over but, for Roman? Or, but here's the problem: is that right now, for him, I don't think he's going to sign any kind of deal prior to the year. So you're going to franchise him, all right? Yeah. So then, is he pissed off that he's getting franchised? Is, then is he holding a new system? Is he holding out when you have a new offensive coordinator to come in? You know, is he not around to sort of help give input into what they want to do? And he starts off the year poorly. What if he gets hurt again? Like all those things could snowball really quickly. And so, you know, as a someone who lives in this town and has gotten a lot of joy out of watching him, I would love to see him just sign a deal and be like, you know what? I'm going to sign a, a deal with a bunch of incentives and I'm going to prove myself, you know, I'm going to, I'll take 150 million guaranteed. And, you know, maybe they hit me up with another 40 over the course of the contract. If, you know, it, I'm healthy and perform well, but I just don't know that he's got someone who's going to willing to tell him like, Hey, this, and I honestly think if Bashadi did say, all right, you know what? Screw it. Sign him to 200 million. The other owners would absolutely erupt. They would revolt yeah. because the, the Haslam's are idiots. But you've, they're sort of like drawing a line in the sand by saying, like, look, no other quarterback is going to get guaranteed $200 million. But if the Ravens did it, well, then, God, if I were Burrow, I'd say, like, norm. oh, yeah. my God, you got to give me a guaranteed deal now worth $210 million. You know, I've been to Super Bowl and AC Championship game. When has Lamar ever done that? So, the, and Bashai's got a lot of pressure on him in the sense of, like, 
you're probably like holding the line for a lot of owners there in a sense. So every young quarterback yeah. would say, I want a guaranteed contract from now on. And so it's the Browns are just, they really, I mean, like, hey, for player empowerment, great. I sure wish it wasn't that guy who got the freaking guaranteed money. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's a really, the Ravens are in a tough spot with the whole deal. I think the, I think the Falcons go all in for him. You know, it might be just worth it, right? Change the tenor of your franchise. I mean, who knows? Got big wide receivers. Yeah. Big, you know, yeah. Big wide open end. division. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Lamar on the you got a good offensive track. play caller. Yeah. I, I I mean, Lamar Lamar in Atlanta is is, is like a culture fit too. A cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I always said uh, that his Lamar's ceiling to me was like Vic but with like plus hard work. And maybe I overrated like his willingness to work super hard because of what's feel like some of what I've been hearing, but you know, minus it would have been super fun. Minus dog murdering. <laughs> yep. God, I, I kind of want to drop Lamar down from my six spot ranking. Yeah. But if he goes to ATL, like, if he goes to ATL, like, yeah. or if he goes to even at, I mean, if he goes to like, I mean, it's hard to see them trading in yep. the conference, but it's like, I mean, even if you go, if you were to go to Houston, it'd be interesting. Another fast track. Like the, the thing, the upside of yeah. Lamar is he's, he's 26 years old. Yeah. All right. He's 20, maybe he's 27, but he just turned 27. If he did, he's 26 the whole year. He won an MVP at 24. Like he's obviously a gifted football player. He knows how to, if you gave him a running game again, which they didn't have a lot of the year because the Dobbins was hurt again, but he Dobbins was good. And then Lamar got hurt. So, but like when, when Ingram was good with the Ravens in 19, Lamar was really, really hard to stop. And if they just get their running game back together, it's a, maybe it's a little bit like the Eagles thing. It was like, yeah, if the pieces around fit, he's really great, but I don't know. It's kind of a bummer that the Dolphins, you know, tampered and got their hands slapped with the, with like losing the number one pick or the uh, their first rounder because I feel like that would be another great scenario for him. You know, KBB, you touched on it. Lamar in the playoffs in his career, one and three, five interceptions in four games, five fumbles, two lost in four games. I that's. That's tough to ignore. Yeah, I mean, I was at that Titans game when they lost, when they were the number one seed, and they just kind of got shell-shocked. I mean, they, they he had a bunch of guys drop catchable balls in that game that would have, like, changed the whole tenor of the game, but that's how it is, you know? That's how it works sometimes, and you just have to legitimately deal with that. And that's why we were talking about the Niners and, like, this sort of like feeling of like, damn, like what the fuck the, it was the end of that. That's how the Ravens felt that year. It was like, man, we worked so hard to get to this moment. And then like, it's just all just gone. Uh, that's tough. All right. This is where it gets difficult. Eight. Oh, you're okay. Yeah. I got lamb okay. for seven. I have Aaron Rodgers. So do I. I have him further down. I was afraid I was going to be alone there. So I'm glad no. Randy's on the same. I still I have Brady at eight. I still think I still think Rodgers has got something to offer, especially. I mean, if he goes to the Jets, pair him up with Garrett Wilson. They got a couple of weapons up there, and they've you know they're running Shanny's scheme. Could be same offense that he's been running essentially with Lafleur, or similar at least. 
Um, Didn't Lafleur? He got it? yeah, he got fired, I guess. But who did they, did they bring somebody in yet? Hackett. That's Hackett. the whole thing. Oh, they brought in yeah. right, but okay. So <laughs> that's 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 the only reason why I don't have him. On well, the he's, another, he's another he's another he's another shanty, you know, clinger on to. So um, they all kind of came from working under you know Paul Hackett and um, what's his name down at Kubiak. So yeah, I mean. I, I here's what I'll say though, Push. Rogers didn't throw for 300 yards one game last year. Like something something was wrong. Like you could throw for 300 yards in your sleep if you're Aaron Rodgers. How does he go a whole season without throwing for 300 yards? That's you could crazy. have the Mr. Unlimited. I going I on. really think I really think that that their offensive talent was really is really really bad. I mean, I don't know if they have a single one. Like Christian Watson is like. Is he really like that great? I mean, he's no, he's certainly not a one a sp- like other people have. No, ones. and it's like, no, and it's so it's like, if you can just, you know, dial up everything, just put everything and make those guys beat you one on one. It's like Alan Lazard is not taking over a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Romeo Dob Dubes or whatever is not taking over a game. It's like, I mean, it. it I, I think a lot of it also is like, I don't think Lafleur is evolving uh in a way that is in a way that really makes them dangerous like year over year i think that they're they're gonna stagnate eventually and he's probably gonna get ousted within the next couple of years especially because that you know they do have a good you know they have a good roster a fairly good roster outside of that so yeah i have rogers at seven i have brady at eight i have brady at eight too i think uh I think it's time for one last dance in San Fran. I, you know, uh, it would be easier. I, I mean, I think Giselle probably wants to live in East Coast of New York somewhere, but um, you could do one year in. Uh, obviously, they're not together anymore, but their kid situation seems like she either was living in Miami or living in New York. So, you know, but just do one year in San Fran, like win a title, walk away. That's that's the ultimate fairytale ending. He, he's. Joe Montana has always been sort of a little bit bothered by Brady's uh, ascension. It would be like one more, like sort of sticking it to him. Like hometown boy comes and wins a title in a 49er uniform. So, Randy, who you got? Guys, I, I had no idea board, who so, to put. Yeah. I, I got seven. I wasn't ready to put Brady. Brady okay. left a terrible taste in my mouth this year. It, it looked like he was afraid to get hit. I, I don't know. Something seemed off there i i, I literally I, I didn't know who to pick I, i'll give you a eight nine and ten is i have gino dak and daniel jones and you can put them in whatever order you want i i don't i don't care but i think there's a big gulf between the first seven okay well i have all right eight eight i've got stafford oh i think we've I, got a, off my board because a I renaissance don't. for stafford i think i think the rams come out frisky I think Sta- I mean Stafford was playing great, great ball last year. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know, and like I feel like people have kind of forgotten about that. I know he got beat beat up this year. The offensive line sucked. Cup went down. Van Jefferson was hurt. All that. You, you guys were dragging me last year when I was trying to stick I, up I for Stafford. That, I remember that, I remember that. I think Stafford's good. Uh, I got a wild card at nine. I got Jared Goff. Uh, if you look at the Jared Goff season, 
it was way better than most people realize. Yeah. And talk about like overcoming a culture issues. Detroit's like might be the the biggest culture issue. <laughs> like Jared a high Goff, school co- coordinator going. Jared Goff might be a legitimately good NFL quarterback uh, again, which is crazy. Like he's been reborn there. I I think legitimately he was. If you look at the stats, like. He was really, really good. I mean, if you talk about like the the DYAR stuff, he was second in the league behind Mahomes. So like the stats basically back it up that Goff was better than anybody except for Mahomes in terms of like average yards and expectation per play. That's wild, man. We need to see it. What if it's what if it's Lions Rams in the playoffs next year? That'd be a and he's got Jamison Williams, like yeah. who didn't really play yeah. at all this year. And he's got it. Absolutely, know he lost Hawkinson, Hoff does have. But, I mean, Goff yeah. has a big arm. He's got to get it deep. St. Brown's sick, too. I mean, maybe McVay gave up on him too quick. Isn't, isn't Goff like the exact same type of guy as Jimmy Garoppolo, though? Because you could, I mean. No, Goff's got a lot more arm talent. Yeah, he does. He's a lot more accurate. He's a lot better at, I mean, he might get. And Jimmy's a, got a He's like 6'5". Rattled you know? in he's big plays. Big, he's yeah. a big, big yeah. dude with a big arm. So I don't have Jimmy's, the analytics, but. Certainly, just the raw traditional stats. I mean, Goff's a sixty-five percent passer. Jimmy's sixty-seven. I, I guess my point is, that's Shannon. I well, and I hear Goff though is just a product of these systems that he plays in, right? He was he was purely a McVay product of McVay when he was in L.A. You, you can't argue that now, though. It's like, what's yeah. the system up in Detroit? I mean, they're they're well, hit the OC there's up a lot there, of people. There's a lot like of rumors the that the OC was getting jobs. Yeah. Yeah, Johnson or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. He, I mean, statistically, he had a really pretty good season. I can't pretend I watched a ton of Lions games, but I think I feel very comfortable with him as my ninth pick. I had Trevor at nine. Wow, bearish. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. file that away. Push. I mean, I've got Deshaun Watson at nine. Must jeez, wow. Tron. And like, I would feel a lot more comfortable with it if they fired Stefanski. And got him some. That's weaponry. unbecoming of a but white Jay. I, th- I think, I think Watson bounces back in a big way. Be interesting to see. I mean, he sucked this year. He really did suck. And I, <laughs> yes, I, did. I think everyone who thought he was going to like just jump right back in after two years away and be great was he, he looked pretty. Silly, I will say but, he started uh, to look a little bit better at the end of the year, but yeah. like, all right, all right. Who would you take? Like, if you're starting a franchise tomorrow, PR optics aside, just just ball. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts or Deshaun Watson? Hurts. Oh, well, really? PR, PR. No, yeah, P. No, no PR. We're not. We're not doing all that. Just, just. But, but, just but ball. we already know that he's a sicko, though. So it's like, that's not. Yeah, P, also, that's not PR, evidence, though. That's just. What he's a recent sicko. evidence do you have that Watson is good? You don't have recent evidence. You have two because like, he because he didn't play for a while. But it's not like he's right. old or anything like that. I mean, it's not like he just forgot how to play football. We haven't seen quarterbacks like drop off after like three years for inexplicable reasons. You know, I I think Watson's got to prove it all over again. I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's like still a great player. He might. Be I'm not. A he, I mean, now. we're talking about nine though. Like we're just talking about you know. Yeah, well, we're not talking I'm about top you. five. I mean, talking I'm nine. Comfortable. I'm comfortable. I, I will I'm comfortable too, with Trevor Lawrence at nine, I, over over Deshaun Watson. I will say too, Deshaun's big season in Houston in 2020. I mean, they went four and twelve. Yeah. 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 Uh, I use that. He had a 20 what? 
27 point lead against the Chiefs and couldn't couldn't hold it. I mean, I guess you get credit for racking up the 27, but not the one year they did make the playoffs. I, I that's my argument with anybody that's like all that matters is the quarterback and like everything else doesn't matter and it's like, well, then why did Deshaun Watson, you know, go 4 and 12 with that Houston team? Because it does matter. I think it's very possible that he we overrated him because he was on a shit team throwing for. Was Bill O'Brien Hopkins? That, was Bill O'Brien underrated? Is another mm. is another question. Maybe we'll see with Mac Jones this year. Back, you know. Poosh, is Justin Fields your tenth best quarterback or not? America wants to know. Yes, it is. Are you yes, serious? He is. Fuck. That's disgusting. <laughs> that, you're Justin tro- Fields. You're disgusting. <laughs> oh, you're. Oh. You're you're bearish on <laughs> bearish on Trevor and I would I, I will put CJ Stroud ahead of. Justin I have Trevor Fields Lawrence right ahead of Fields, wow. just so you know. But he is just one place ahead of him. Okay. So you have you have Fields ahead of Dak. Yep. Wow. I'm out on Dak. I I'm out. I'm not. You have Fields ahead of Stafford. I had Stafford in there and I switched him out. Gino. Not it, but he was that's, that's KBV. Egregious. Does Gino hit your top ten? He doesn't quite. I have in my so I put Rogers tenth. Uh, although I, I think it would be really funny to see him like arguing with the New York media every day about how like the woke Northwest <laughs> is destroying the country. Um, that could be really a huge like the it would be a perfect Jets story for Rogers to come in and it just to be like a Brett Favre scenario where it's just like it's a shit show. It's like a, a constant controversy and constant bullshit, but. I had the just missing on my list. I had Gino, Dak, Cousins, and Jones. I feel like I either I, Cousins I'll never believe in. Dak, I just think he's kind of see you know reached his ceiling. Uh, Gino is still. I think I, I would like to see more from Gino before I feel like he's a legit quarterback, a great, a, I mean a great quarterback. I think he's a legit quarterback, but um, right now he's a, just a great value find. And then my want no part of them: uh, Watson, Carr. <laughs> Kyler, uh, Stafford because of injury, and and Mr. Unlimited. And then Fields I have, like, I'm in the monitoring situation. I'm not ready to quite come on. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) There's there's a chance. Maybe it's the secret Bears fan in me that can't quite give up on the idea that he sucks uh, or that he can be decent. Listen, if he he comes out and there's shows no progression next year, uh, I will come on. Next year's trap draw, and I will apologize. Hell yeah! But I will not. But but like what's but like what's progression? He was he was fucking god awful. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I mean. But so is the roster. Like we we've gone over this a hundred times. The, the team sucks. The coach sucks. Like everything about that whole thing sucks. Right? They traded away Roquan Smith. I mean, they're like they're blowing it any, up. Is it's it going like, to get any better? I don't know, but I, I mean, it has to, right? They they can't possibly blow it up any further. It's like, hey, let's go. We blew up the we blew up the building and it got decimated, and then we just threw like a stick of dynamite on top of it for like good measure. It's like, what what's the point from here on out? It's like you're just getting you're losing more years on a rookie contract. It's like if they need to make moves in this off season, they need to get free agents in. They need to make big moves. Uh, if they don't, then you know it's an indictment of the Bears franchise, and they just stink. I've got Hurts tenth, personally. Yeah. The, the Bears play uh, the the uh, Saints next year. Maybe we should all meet up in New Orleans and get a little eye test. Uh, going well, now you're talking. I was going to say the Jags. I think host 
the Bengals and the Niners. The Niners host the Bengals. We definitely got to take this clown show on the road somewhere this this upcoming season. Uh, there's there's great wine selection at Levi's, Tron, just so you know. I'm not drinking wine in an NFL game. What the hell's wrong with you? Why not? <laughs> That's depraved. <laughs> well, <laughs> boys, we're... Uh, I'll get you a lobster roll and a glass of Pinot. <laughs> man. I'll be in fucking hog heaven, dude. Boys, we're, we're two hours into this. There was, there was some stuff I was hoping to get done, but honestly, what I think is... I, I, I want to talk about coaches in new places. This is breaking across the wire. Sean Payton's headed to Denver. Um, Mr. Oh, Unlimited, Mr. Unlimited. Will, will be with, wow. working with Sean Payton. Uh, D'Amico Ryans That's wild, has finalized a deal with the Texans. Had to get more picks up. And, uh, the, the Broncos already gave up a bunch of picks to get Wilson, and I'm sure had to give picks I'm up I'm seeing to get a first Payton. and a second rounder for Payton. Oh my wow. God. Wow. The first uh, They're like the new Rams. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I think we got to yeah, talk I mean, coaches. We got to talk, we gotta we talk gotta free agents. TC, I thought you brought up a great point. We, we got to prognosticate on which teams are going to be picking one, two, and three in 2024. Uh, I'd love to go through the playoff teams this year, figure out who won't be back next year. I think we, maybe we reconvene around draft time is, is the next big pillar in the NFL. And uh, maybe we can continue that conversation then. I say we even go before. I, I say we go sometime in mid to late February as the, the you know, or probably, probably late February in the beginning of March before the draft stuff really kicks up. Talk some free agency. We talk, we didn't even talk coach of the year, MVP. Offensive, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year. Yeah, now that you don't have to worry about KVV's I know. schedule we anymore, can tell I mean, him, it's got easy to line him up. You can tell him when he's got a podcast with us. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Trap draws the priority now, not just the sideshow. By the way, nobody, nobody's congratulated me. Oh, congratulations, Tron. Yeah, You're, yeah. The, the Giants and the Jets really push you <laughs> over the top. Uh, you know, congrats on riding that crap, but, uh, no, you know, the honestly, the two last the, place the, guys the, have the two teams in the Super Bowl. I know, that's Isn't crazy. That strange? That's right. The good, congrats on the vision plan. It worked out. Uh, I think it's a real indictment of me that I've covered football for a living for 15 years, and I was just totally like swirling the bottom most of the year, barely hanging on for dear life over push uh, at the moment. So, uh, I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the Mr. Unlimited video. What? <laughs> What I'm going to do if I have to do it. And, uh, well, yeah, yeah, here's what we're going to do. Right? We're going to run back the contest. So start thinking about stakes. I think we need something for the winner, something for the loser. I think we give TC his choice of where he wants to draft, right? I, I think we go by the finish. So TC, if you want to take the snake at four, you can have that. If you want the first pick, I'll yeah. pick second. And then whoever uh, finishes third, Mr. Poosh or KVV, you guys can pick your your draft slot, and we'll run it back next year. And then, I mean, Poosh or KVV, if if either of you guys still wants to to caddy or or hold the sign, hold the sign. for me as well, you're, you're more than welcome. To I'm do ha- that. I'll do that for you, Tron, just because I'm a just because I'm a good guy, you know. It would be. I mean, frankly, we should have to do it where one of us caddies and one of us holds the sign for like a sustained yeah. uh, round. That would that would make for a good. Content. That would be good content. Like, don't mention it. Yeah, you can't mention it either, right? That's part of it is, like, you just have... We're just there, and there's no mention of it. 
just a random round at uh, Pelican Bay or whatever. Or the, what's the what's your what's your home course potion Santa Barbara? Oh, Sandpiper. Uh, pipe. Sandpiper. Yeah, you can do yeah. Soul Park yeah. and really just like you know make it really stand out. That's All right, well, boys, this was a treat. We'll we'll reconvene. Lots to do this off season, but th- these are always my favorite discussions. So thank you very much. Uh, TC and I will be back either with a guest next week or maybe a chop session. TBD on that. Um, but yeah, thank you and uh, screw Jackson Mahomes, I guess. But Vanilla Vic, <laughs> no ball. Watch ball. Favorite trapper, the absolute.